This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is the Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Weber. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today we are talking about the wet boys, the wettest boys of the week. We're talking about the guys who popped off over the past week. We're giving you guys those right away. Then we're going to bring on Jake, our favorite patron. Well, not our favorite patron. Our favorite patron here on the Fast Break Podcast because he's the only patron Mm -hmm. that's been on the Fast Break Podcast. Pat did a great job on the Jayhawks one. It was fantastic hearing him talk about uh, Rock Chalk uh, over there. And Christian was also great when he was uh, on uh, the Onset Kick with you guys. Christian's going to be on another one. Matthew's going to be on the Primetime Podcast next week. It's going to be good. It's going to be good. Fun. Uh, and then we uh, we also are uh, talking about Kemba Walker. News coming out. Not super shocking because I mentioned it before on the podcast. Mm-hmm. I had a weird feeling it would be happening, but Charlotte has told teams to uh, start offering trades for Kemba Walker. So we'll talk about Kemba and the destination for him, destination vacation. We're also talking about Michael Porter Jr. and the Sacramento Kings, if he is a good fit with the Kings. But before we do that, we got some housekeeping. If you want to be a patron and you want to join us on a podcast, Go to patreon.com slash Podcast. You can be like Jake, Christian, Pat, and Matthew. You can be on a podcast. Uh, we got the $10 tier. That's where those guys currently are. But we also got uh, a $2 tier. You get a monthly video podcast. You got a $1 tier if you just want to help out a little bit. You get an audio version mm-hmm. of that same monthly podcast. We also got a $5 tier where we do uh, Ask MVP as well. You can also find this stuff also at mostvaluablepodcast.com. We revamped that site. Go check it out. If you're, you're interested, you can find every single thing related to Most Valuable Podcast, full podcast segments from youtube all over there on the site you also want a t-shirt check the description we have uh uh at least uh what's it called instructions description yeah instructions to get yourself an mvp t-shirt it's black just like all three of our t-shirts are this was not anything uh Mm -hmm. uh, purposefully done (laughs) uh and then what else am i missing uh itunes Go to iTunes uh, and rate us five stars, the Fast Break Podcast, Primetime Podcast, the Onside Kick, and the Rick and Johnny Podcast. It helps a ton. Also, a thing I forgot to tell you, the ad survey. Yeah, oh, survey. survey. Yeah. Fun. We want you your feedback. Uh, go to our Twitter. Uh, it should be the pinch tweet. Link is just in the description. Link's also in the description. You making, also, it, making it easy. You can also you can go in the description. You can also go to Most Valuable Pod on Twitter mm-hmm. and, and follow us if you're not doing that. It's or also you can check out the video the Mark top. made. There yeah. you go. Watch is that, that up this yet? morning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. I haven't been on YouTube lately. Yeah. I, I, I've been, it's been a busy day for me, guys. <laughs> all right, all right. Uh, but yeah, go check out the survey as well. One of the survey uh, questions and answers was uh, that someone would give to the Patreon if I was wearing a Magic jersey. Fun thing, this guy got me a Magic jersey, a Serge Ibaka jersey, uh, for Christmas. So that will be on the pod. I just mm-hmm. forgot to wear it today. So that will be uh, Well, fun. you got to wear well, it one next time we talk Magic, too. Yeah, but every time we talk, man, that's like probably once next a year. Week. Yeah, that's once a year. <laughs> it's <laughs> draft. Next week. Basically draft. What's going to happen with the magic that we're going to need to talk about the magic? They suck. <laughs> Mock draft. You Mock know how many draft. wet boys we've had from the Orlando Magic? I almost, I tried to get one Goose. today. Zero. I, tried, I almost picked Evan Fournier. Oh, shit. <laughs> I almost picked Evan Fournier today, but I didn't. Fun. Anyways, let's jump into some wet boys. Who did you end up picking, Ricky? Woodburn? Oh, mine's easy. It's a homer pick. It's the Chicago Bulls. It's Laurie Markinen. 20 points in the last four games, eight total rebounds, two assists, 43.5% from the field, 48, over 48% from three. I love Markinen. I, I wasn't super excited about the pick when we made it. I have been the last few years on the trend of we should take a point guard in the draft, but 
you know, guard packs proved me wrong. I love marking Quickest rookie to 100 threes in mm-hmm. his NBA career. That's mm-hmm. saying a ton because I think he beat Steph, he which, is, beat which Steph. is pretty ridiculous. Um, and Dave, we were also on that same boat of, oh, what are the Bulls doing picking Larry Markin? To be fair, but, I, I started off the highest on Markin, and, and then I you dipped tanked. down because his um, well, tourney dip, performance you was You dipped duty. down because of the tourney. I well, remember but watching no, yeah. it. It was even, it was even his, his uh, second half it, performance yeah. mm-hmm. as well. He was just terrible. Yeah. And it was, it was really due to the offense that they were putting around. He started off red hot. Um, and maybe we'll see a dip, you know, near the All Star nope. break. And I don't th- think so. I'm just saying, in Markin's performance, <laughs> maybe we'll see it. Could Sorry, happen. we already got him. I can't go negative again. But we, so far, we were wrong uh, on Markin. We're also looking to be wrong on Chris Dunn. But now we don't know yeah. what he's going to play because he broke his face uh, trying to dunk <laughs> the basketball. Uh, but Dave, who was your wet boy of the week? I feel like a broken record over here. I'm going with uh, Joel Embiid, TTP. Uh, he just, you know, casual 25, 12, and five. Uh, 47% from the field, about 80 from the free throw line. He is just doing everything in his ability to go out there and win them games. And guess what? He he broke his record of games played in a season already. You know, that's a, that's a nice bonus. Play a full season. He's over 31 we'll games this year, so no more talking shit about that. Uh, uh, even though in his career uh, he's played like 12,000 minutes, I think Jimmy Butler, Cat, and Wiggins have all hit more. like 12,000 <laughs> minutes in this season. They have played less games, though, because of the trip over to the U.K. as but well. But still, career-wise. I know. I understand. <laughs> Look, I, I, don't get me wrong. I understand the health concerns and all that stuff. But you got to admit, when he is out on that floor, he is something special. He's fucking ridiculous. He's insane. He's yeah. insanely good at basketball. Yeah. Better than I'll ever be. I'm not, I'm not saying that Joel Embiid is a, good That's at a basketball. strong statement you're just, not account for, I'm just, I'm just saying. Guy doesn't play back-to-back. So he's not consistently out there for his team because of injury concerns. That's the biggest knock on Joel Embiid because even when he's playing, he's super consistent. He's yep. consistently doing uh, what you, know, you just read off in that stat line, and he's always at least putting up around 20 points per game. He's shooting a high percentage. He's super consistent, and that's why I he's I think been. he's like second in the NBA. Like double doubles, or he's top five. I know it's it's just incredible, and that's why he's been a multi uh, a time wet boy. I think I don't. I think he's. I think it's probably his only second appearance. Maybe, so maybe as a wet too. boy. Mm-hmm. Um, we have a first timer though, uh, a young kid. Uh, he is uh, a little bit older than me. Twenty uh, one year old uh, Devin Armani Booker, six six two oh six shooting guard from the Phoenix Suns out of the University of Kentucky. Uh, the first round pick at uh, the third uh, the first round pick for the, uh, the Phoenix Suns. You know who he is in twenty fifteen. Uh, this kid is absolutely ridiculous. I tweeted this out. If you want to follow me on Twitter, go uh, at Schwarbo. <laughs> I'm, I'm shamelessly you plugging. Plug. The only positive thing I like about my life is my Twitter. So if you guys want to follow me, go <laughs> hit me up at Schwarbo. Uh, but uh, one thing I tweeted after he popped off uh, this week was Devin Booker's going to be averaging 80 points per game in his 11th season because it's going to happen just by the law of averages, the way he's been increasing season by season. It's going to happen. His last three games, 28 points per game, six total rebounds, eight assists. 44% from the field and 34% from three. That's not that great numbers from three, but he is still knocking down those shots. And the big thing, at least for the, uh, he's taking about like nine a game too. So he's, he's chucking them up there. But the one thing with the Suns, uh, in those three games, they did lose all three of them, and he had a plus-minus uh, average of negative 14. So yeah. uh, Phoenix is a bad team, but Devin Booker is a great player. So uh, hopefully D-Book uh, can can swing things around because uh, he's probably the next Kobe Bryant. I dislike that you said that out loud. <laughs> I just wanted to get a reaction. <laughs> hey, 
only players in the 2000s to score 80 points. Is that the worst player uh, under 21 to score these numbers? He's probably the worst player to ever score 80 points. I don't think yeah. that's crazy to say. I mean, what, it's only Wilton yeah. and Kobe? So, yeah. And, and, and D-Book, so there we go. Uh, but Devin Booker, my wet boy of the week. And he would have been the wet boy of the week when he scored that against uh, mm-hmm. Boston uh, last year. But anyways, let's jump into the first topic, guys. And we're going to be talking about the Cleveland Cavaliers. So we have... Rumors coming out now after this bad losing streak the Cavs are on. LeBron yelling at the whole bench. Ty Lue just not being there. He's just pretty much a vacant dad at this point. Um, you look well, he's at, not a real coach, let's be honest. He's not, not a real, real coach. coach. Uh, but you look at the Cavs right now, uh, and at least you know the rumors swirling around. Uh, they've apparently made an offer uh, for DeAndre Jordan. They've made an offer for George Hill of the Sacramento Kings. And Mark Stein is reporting that they also have interest in Lou Williams. And the deal has so far gotten snagged up. And this is uh, per uh, David Aldridge uh, from TNT, NBA, uh, TV as well, um, that the uh, deal got snagged because the Clippers are asking for the Brooklyn pick. So a lot going on. Uh, but we're going to welcome in Jake, our Patreon. I'm glad to have him back. It's, it's been a while, and we're going to have him on, I think, hopefully one more time uh, in January as well. So, Jake, we're going to throw yep. it to you first. Um, who do you think, out of those three, or you can go Dark Horse as well, who do you think the Cavs <laughs> need to at least bring in to at, you know look to be a team that could actually overcome the Warriors finally in the finals? I don't know. First, I don't think any of them are going to make them overcome the Warriors. But um, I think... Uh, George Hill is actually a really good player to get. He doesn't need the ball in his hands to be effective on offense, which is a big thing when you play with LeBron and Isaiah Thomas. And he can hit outside shots. He's shooting in the mid-40s right now. So I think he'd be a really good addition. Um, I think DeAndre Jordan would be nice, but if I'm the Cavs, I really want to hang on to that Brooklyn pick because I don't think LeBron's coming back and you need something. Because every time LeBron leaves somewhere, they're just bare and bones. Mm-hmm. You need someone to keep, keep yourself going. I think uh, if they couldn't get uh, DeAndre Jordan, I think Andrew Bogut's out there in free agency. I think he could be at least somewhat of a defensive help. The That's Bogut experience 2.0. I mean, how many minutes he got him down for? <laughs> is is he going to make probably. it? <laughs> yeah, I just mean like total because his lifespan in Cleveland was what? Like oh, yeah. Three? Three minutes uh, and broke his leg. Break his leg. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't break his leg this time. Well, at but, least. Yeah, I think George Hill's a necessity. Yeah, looking at the George Hill contract, I mean, he hasn't been great so far in Sacramento. Really hasn't been a perfect fit. And it's been weird, too. I thought it was a weird signing when they when they first brought George Hill into Sacramento because they just drafted De'Aaron Fox. And, you know, I, I understand wanting him to, you know, at least sit in the bench and, and get used to playing. Um, you have George Hill, who is great defensively, uh, you know, decent offensively, and, and could be a good role model for him. But so far, it really hasn't worked out. And you look at the contract of at least George Hill, it's going to be difficult because the first year of his contract's really Really rough, twenty million for a cap hit, but it gets decreasingly worse. It's a, it's a front-loaded contract for him, so you know that's a player that could even stick around past this year. And I don't know if you know George Hill is going to be a player that you know helps him overcome the Warriors. Um, and then that really reckons the question of: Do you need to make a trade if you're not going to be coming overcoming the Warriors? So, Dave and Ricky, do you feel like you know the Cavs are just going to make a trade to kind of put their best foot forward and say we still have LeBron, we still have Caleb, we still have Isaiah Thomas, who's getting used to this team? If we go out and get a George Hill, who's good defensively, and or you know De- DeAndre Jordan, who could be a, a rim protector for us, do you feel like that's at least putting your best foot forward instead of just staying back and you know just being very uh, you know passive, really? Well, they're kind of in a catch-22 to where you can't fully say, well, you know, we're not going to make a deal. We're just going to sit and ride this one out. Because then if you do that, LeBron's going to be like, well, fuck this team. I'm going somewhere else. But then it's like, on the other side, 
do we want to make a move, give up all these things, like the Brooklyn pick, and then LeBron leaves us. So Cleveland's kind of in a lose-lose situation no matter which way they go in my mind. They can either piss off LeBron so he leaves or give up too much and he leaves anyways. If it's me, the team that I'm looking to make a trade with is the Clippers because you can try to, and I'm not going to try to put the exact details in there, but you can try to get, in my mind, if you get Lou and DeAndre Jordan from them, those are two pieces that you can use because Lou's been a hot scoring guy this year. You add a big guy down low in DeAndre Jordan, and because Lou, contract year, he's done at the end of the year, possibly the same thing for DeAndre because he'll probably, I don't know if, if he'd opt into his player opt. He'd most likely decline, yeah. Then what they can do is say, well, LeBron, if you stay, you can recruit and you can bring in guys that you want to Cleveland and we'll sign whoever you want. Yeah. What are your thoughts? In my mind, it is only they only have one option in Cleveland. That is to move forward with trading the future away because it's not like they're going to have a better chance at a championship in the next five years. There's no reason for them to think that starting a rebuild with one less pick is going to make or break this team. Your best chance is to do everything you can now to win with LeBron, to continue to appease LeBron and build a team around him because he is still the best player in the NBA and he still gives you the best chance to win. It's not like if LeBron leaves and you're going to like, all right, we'll throw max money at IT and we'll come back with IT, K-Love and Tristan Thompson. No, get the fuck out of here. Like, it's not, it's not worth their time. It's not worth the money. They need to go all in for LeBron this year and see if they can, like, this is their last best chance until next year if he decides to come back. Mm-hmm. Then they do the same thing next year. They need to continue doing this. I know it hurts them in the long run, but the NBA is so short-lived for these players in their prime windows because you never know when an injury will happen. You never know when things line up for other guys. So if you have the opportunity to compete for a championship for this Cleveland team, you need to make moves now. Well, and Jake, I think Ryan Rosillo, uh, formerly of ESPN, I don't know if he's still with ESPN. I think he got canned or something. He's on a mm-hmm. podcast now yeah. or something. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, but he came yeah. out and tweeted saying that uh, LeBron is fine if they move the Brooklyn pick, but it needs to be for a game changer. Uh, no, but he said it needs to be for a game changer. So just DeAndre uh, yeah. would not be enough for him. Do you feel like adding DeAndre Jordan and Lou Williams would be enough to get over the Warriors, or at least make it you know a, a more competitive series no. than it was last year? I, I don't. And I think the other thing is, who are they, they're going to give up what? Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith, and the pick? Yeah, it? that's most likely going to be. I mean, that, that works I, cal- salary cap-wise. If I'm the Clippers, I'm not doing I'm going. I'm talking to the Bucks and trying to get someone for them because Tristan Thompson is, what, two years left in his deal? 17 Correct. and 18 million, and JR has two years left of the deal, 14 and 15 million. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to trade DeAndre Jordan, it's because you want to tra- you want to clear cap. Mm-hmm. And I think David Aldridge was reporting too that they're talking to Lou Will about an extension. Yeah, they so were. it doesn't. We even, talked about that last yeah, week. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not even that they're willing to trade him like easily. But I, again, I don't think they're beating the Warriors. I don't even think if they get all three of them, they're beating the Warriors. Damn. But I mean, I don't. Here's from my point of view for the Clippers is like if you don't do this move. Uh, where are you at? Because you now have your two best players are in their 30s or 29 or I think DeAndre would be 29 at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, I think he's 28 right now. And Lou Will is 30. So like, well, Blake Griffin's still on the team, Dave. Yeah, I know. I know. I'm just saying the guys who actually are out there and playing. You know, yeah, it's hard to say right. Blake because you know, man takes half a year off every year, at least. Um, but no, I mean, it, this way you at least get a pick out of it. A pick that yes, Brooklyn with um, uh, God name coming back. Uh, point guard D'Angelo coming back Mm -hmm. Uh, that pick could be less valuable (laughs) like it could be you know anywhere from 5 to 12 5 
that's probably my idea. Could be number one with the lottery. It probably won't be. That's Could the thing. Be. Well, he's, he's saying that D'Angelo Russell is going to push yeah. them farther yeah. out and, 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 and so lower it, the chances of getting the lottery. It could devalue the pick, but it's still another pick in a very top-heavy draft class, very highly regarded. So I think that even if they do have to move those two pieces out, like that'll be the start. I see them continue to ship things out because once you start for the Clippers, I think you keep going and continue to try to c- accumulate young talent and draft picks. Well, and I mean, that's the one thing when, I mean, with the Clippers, because we're mentioning them trading Lou and or DeAndre Jordan, if you sign Lou to a long-term deal, if you sign DeAndre Jordan to that long-term deal, do you feel like I can compete? Because let's be honest, the Cavs, yeah, they got to compete with the Warriors, but they got to get to the finals to compete with them. The Clippers have to play the Warriors possibly sooner. The, yeah, Clippers have to play the Warriors possibly sooner would, than the Cavs would ever. Because they're yeah. in the same conference. Two best conference teams go into the finals. For a, for a second, I thought I screwed it up and I said Cavs again because usually no, I good. say the wrong thing. I don't think that happens. So with Dave, I'm right on with Dave. Get that pick. Even if it's anywhere in the top ten right now as we're recording this podcast, it's at seven. Mm-hmm. You can get a guy that will help your team more so, and you'll have him locked down for a much more friendlier contract. Now, of course, you got to bring on JR's contract and possibly Tristan Thompson's You'd contract, have to both of them, yeah. which I'm not happy with. However, are you willing to give up that sacrifice to get that pick and go for the future? Because I don't think the Clippers well, go past the Warriors with DeAndre or Lou Williams. Well, let's uh, no, they, they're not. They would get mauled in yeah. four games. Um, but and I don't really think we're talking about Clippers or maybe five games, Dave, because mm-hmm. Dave made a face. You're, you're making faces um, over here. But, but Jake, uh, you're, you see, let's get back to the Cavs. This is more about the Cavs. And, yep. and and the one thing that you were very you know kind of set on is that the Cavs aren't beating the Warriors. Whether they get George Hill, DeAndre Jordan, and Lou Williams, what you, what what makes you feel that way? And is there a player out there that you think could really change the tide and, and help the Cavs overcome the Warriors? Do you feel like it's the Warriors championship already? I think it's it would be oh, it was it was kind of a possibility of them getting this guy a couple of weeks ago, but now I don't think it is. I think Paul George is the only guy who could have made somewhat of a difference because he's such a two-way player. He can play great. He can guard their best player, and he can score 25, 20 game, points a game. But I don't think with the I think with the Thunder winning as of recently, I don't think he's getting traded. So I don't think that's a possibility anymore. So looking at all the players that are out there, even if they throw that Brooklyn pick out there, I mean, there's not really that many players that they can move at least the Cavaliers-wise, you know, value-wise, yeah. um, to, to, to get a Paul George. But you think Paul George is the only player that can really move that needle? Yeah, I think even with him, they don't beat him, though. I, I just wow. This Warriors team, I don't think, like, I think it's almost impossible to beat this Warriors team in a four-game series. I, it, almost impossible. Yeah. Obviously, injuries can happen and all that kind of stuff. But I, I just, if they're fully healthy, I don't see anybody beating them. Do you guys agree with Jake saying that it's, it's pretty much the Warriors' championship already? The only team that I would give a puncher's chance to is a fully healthy Rockets team, but I would still take Warriors. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm similar. Yeah. I still think the Cavs have a shot, though. Um, I'm curious to hear your thoughts, though, Jake. Like, If it's one position that the Cavs need to push them over, are you thinking it's a, wing, it's a defensive wing right now? I, I mean, yeah, I think... I think DeAndre could help. I think a big man could help, but I don't think a big man pushes them over the edge. I think they need because as of now, their backcourt defense. I don't trust Isaiah Thomas, and I don't trust J.R. Smith to guard you Curry shouldn't. or Clay. Yeah, you yeah. definitely yeah. shouldn't. Like, because what are you going to do? You can't put Isaiah Thomas on Clay because Clay's six seven. You can't put uh, Isaiah on Curry because he's just going to get burnt. 
I just don't trust. I just don't trust either of them. So let's let's say the deal that they may end up making. We'll, we'll take the Lou Williams uh, situation out, just because of you know the Clippers mm-hmm. thinking that they want him. Um, mm-hmm. You know, right now he's playing out of his mind. Cavs say they don't want to move the Brooklyn pick for Lou Williams. So Lou Williams goes off the table. Uh, the Cavs end up getting George Hill, and they end up getting DeAndre Jordan. And you start seeing a lineup of Isaiah Thomas, George Hill, LeBron James, K Love, and DeAndre Jordan. Do you feel that? that starting five at least matches up decently against the Warriors starting five, Jake. Oh yeah, decently. I think they definitely obviously, I mean, if we look like, if you look back at the last finals, if game three goes a little bit different, who knows, maybe we have a completely different series, but mm-hmm. I think with that lineup, they probably could push them to five or six. You never know. If things happen in the NBA, they could get them to seven. Yeah. And I would still pick the Warriors. It, it's yeah. definitely going to be, you know, interesting too. Cause I feel that, you know, at least talent wise, the Cavs have a deeper pool to pick from. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, you're going to be moving, yeah. J.R. Smith, you're going to move, be moving Tristan Thompson, but it's not like these guys are helping you right now. And you still have, I think they're they're uh, they're five off the bench last night uh, against the Magic oh, was yeah. uh, uh, D. Wade, D. Rose, uh, Kyle Korver, uh, uh, Jeff Green, and then if I'm blanking on that. I think it was Tristan Thompson. So that was your starting five off the bench. That's better than you know some starting fives in the current M- NBA <laughs> right now. I mean, I'd probably take yeah. that over the Magic starting five. Damn. With, with D- well, the whole thing is. You go. The whole thing is with me is they get George Hill. Um, what happens to Derrick Rose? Does he play as many minutes or does he get cut? Well, that, I, like, cut down on minutes. Yeah, I mean the thing is is that you gotta you gotta you know be be careful with D Rose bringing him back from injury because you know we know he's made of glass. Yep. Um, but the thing that at least D Rose could bring is you know a ball handler off the bench. You know he's not bringing defense. No one really on this Cavs team is bringing defense right now. In spots, I think I think both he and D Wade kind of have the same thing though, where like in clutch moments they definitely step up their defensive game. It's not for extended periods of time, and it's not for you know like you know, a whole season. But like I can give them four games of like I could see D Rose being a two way player again. But the thing that I, I, I'm saying at least with you know. The, the Cavs is the part that I really like about their bench mm-hmm. is that you're always going to have consistent scoring. You're, you're, you're still going to have the great shooting of Kyle Korver. You're still going to have the scoring ability of D Rose out there. D Wade is shown to be really decent in that six man spot at, yeah. at, at times. He's you know not playing defense, but you know he's 36 years old with two bum knees. <laughs> Jeff Green's been really you know pretty decent. He's, he's had a res- resurgent year so far, yeah. and Jeff Green finally showing some talent after what nine years of being in the league and just kind of always being the X factor in every single <laughs> playoff series. Um, so I think at least depth-wise, they have enough, the Cavs do, and, and comparing the benches, because, you know, Chandra, Lividala, Dalla, those two, the, 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 yeah. the, the, mix, the mixing of uh, the Livingston, con- Iguodala, yeah. they're, they're starting to falter a little bit. They're getting older. Yeah. So I, I think the one thing is, is that Right now, the Cavs look terrible, but when the Cavs were clicking, they looked really dangerous. I think I said even on this podcast mm-hmm. probably three weeks ago, um, that's how much this Cavs team's really changed, mm-hmm. that they have enough talent to beat the the, the Warriors. It's well, just really they don't have the starting five to beat the Warriors. Well, and the thing that I'm going to ask, two questions I'm going to ask is, first off, with the, oh, they've got so much depth, how is that going to play in when we get to playoff minutes, when we get to a playoff style mm-hmm. of how you're managing everyone because you're typically yeah, in a regular deep, yeah. season you might rest LeBron a little bit more. But in a playoff game, it's, okay, you're going to get a couple minutes and then we're throwing you right back out there. Then the second thing I'm thinking of, we're asking all these questions of, well, if they get this guy, how does it put them over the Warriors? Are we just slapping the Celtics right in the face? Like, 
Yes. Like yep. part of me feels well, like part of me feels also like is the question what trades will also help them get over the Celtics. Well, I, I mean it's the Celtics, feel, it's the Raptors. There are there's over a, the Celtics. There, there's a lot of teams in the East that are hot right now. Mm-hmm. The problem is well, what we're saying realistically is come playoff time and a series, this team has the you, talent to get them let's, through. Let's talk about that. Do you remember what Tyron Lue said? What did Lou say? He said, "Are you?" They asked you, "Are you worried?" He goes, "No, we have LeBron." That's <laughs> I think I've said that on the podcast. <laughs> Ty Lue and I are well, best friends. Ty Lue knows that he has LeBron because LeBron's always stepping over him Ugh. every day. Yeah, so right, we, it wouldn't be, it wouldn't yeah. be a Cavs Ty Lue segment if we didn't mention the step over. Uh, but 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 Jake, I want to go to you because we we had the the Miami Heat discussion and Heat fans got their panties up in a bunch because I said Tyler Johnson wasn't consistent. They're only a game back. They're only a game back, oh, only get, a game back right now this. in <laughs> January. Check. I'm not dragging you into this, but right now, Ricky brought up the question last week. Um, what if the Cavs fall to the four spot? I call them a moron like I usually do. Um, it's, it's out of love, Ricky. Um, I do love you. I don't think you're a moron. I'm just mean and I'm a dick. I got to uh, post these questions. I got to ask the hard and, questions. And I'm going to take a question <laughs> right now. Are you worried about the Cavs in the Easter Conference? Why or why not? All right. Well, I, had a, I had a Twitter rant about this a couple days ago. I would take LeBron at the eight seed. I don't know when people are going to learn, when people are going to – it's seven years in a row he has been to the final. I don't care if he's the eight seed, the one seed, the seven seed, the five seed. Until he loses in the East, I'm going to pick him. This is why he's my favorite patron. Because I, I said this on the podcast <laughs> last week, and this is why he's my favorite person to talk to. The thing I love, though, about this, and just to go off of what Jake said, mm-hmm. is I agree with you, Jake. He could be the eight seed and bring him to the finals. But this could be the year where every year we're like, oh, it could be the eight seed. This could be the, the year it's too. the closest that we're going to put it to the test. No, they're not going to call no. the no, eight no, no, seed. No, no, no. Two years the ago, it was, I'm two saying years like, ago was Kevin Love fit in or fit out. Yeah. I'm not worried. Even even <laughs> yeah, if I'm they not. like fall to the four seed, that's still drastically different from where they will be. This will be the closest to how low of a seed but can LeBron the, drag the them The thing through. that I, I see on this team is this is the most talented team. Talented, not mm-hmm. most put together, most, you know, at least cohesive team, yep. but the most talented team LeBron has had in, in, in his Cleveland days. Um, definitely not in his NBA career, but in his Cleveland days, this is the most talented team that he that he has had around him. Looking at that bench, lat, again, last night against the Orlando Magic, that was their Bench five was D mm-hmm. Wade, a, a former star, and has been pretty decent in, in limited minutes this year. Yep. D Rose, a former MVP who was you know very hurt, and, and it was his first game back, mm-hmm. but still D Wade coming back. He's still you know last year eighteen and what five six. You know D Wade stat or D Rose's stat line off the top of your head. Yeah, it was eighteen five and four. Kyle Korver still shoots over forty percent from three. Most of that's due to LeBron hitting him in wide, when he's wide open. But Kyle Korver still one of the most deadliest three point shooters. In the the league right now, Jeff Green is great. You know, uh, just a, a great role player, really. I mean, he he's, he brings a lot of athleticism. He brings length. Evan Tristan Thompson, where you know we really harp on him a lot because of his bad contract, but you know, p- teams with Tristan Thompson coming off your bench, that's a pretty decent. He's still a bench good player, energy, big man. He can still his run the floor. Yeah. So. I mean, talent-wise, this Cavs team, I'm not really worried about them in the Eastern Conference. Are you just, Ricky, are, are you just worried just because uh, of the current standings and the way that the Cavs have looked recently? Or do you feel like there's an actual way that the Celtics, Raptors, I'll throw the Heat in there just for the Heat fans, that they can actually upset the Cavs? No. Then what I am saying is when it comes to seeding, I'm talking regular season. Like, Well, it's right how, now it's January. Yeah, how they've played right now, though— I wouldn't be surprised if you were like if you told me right now Cavs are going to be fourth in the East. I'd be like, I don't find that surprising at all. Now, because they're fourth in the East, do I think they're going to get 
bounced in the first round by the Washington Wizards? No, get out of here. But the one thing I will say right now, and people can hold me to it, is if you are a Cleveland fan, Mm -hmm. you better hope that you don't lose to the Celtics. Because if you lose to the Celtics in the playoffs, second round, third round, wherever, LeBron's gone. All right, Jake. If you lose, LeBron's he's gone. gone. You, th- you think he's, if you lose if to you, the Celtics? If, okay, in the Celtics. So if, if, even if, if you lose to the Warriors, he's not for sure gone. But if you no, lose to the Celtics, if you lose he's for to sure the Celtics, gone. he's gone. He'll Jake, go to LA. You agree with that? Well, Jake's probably gonna say he's going to Philly. Yeah, I'm saying LA. <laughs> no, I think he's going to Houston, but I think he's gone yeah. no matter what. Uh, so you think he's gone no matter what? Even if they win the finals? As long as they don't. Okay, no, no, no. <laughs> not win the finals. But if they would win the finals, he'd have to, he'd probably have to say. But if they when they when they lose. He's not, he's not coming back. All right, that's a, that's a, it's a hot take right there. I want some more hot takes from you, Jake. Uh, I'm going to ask you before we uh, before we end this this, this segment. Uh, make a prediction uh, uh, after February 8th, the trade deadline. The Cavs will have added who? Uh, Jesus Shuttlesworth. Uh, <laughs> uh, no, uh, I think uh, DeAndre will come. I think that'll be probably the only one. And if if they do add DeAndre, how far do they go against the Warriors? Because you're you're saying that they're going to win the Eastern Conference Finals. Uh, Warriors in five. Warriors in five. Damn, Dave. Yeah. Who are the Cavs going to be adding after February eighth? And if Kemba they... Walker. No, I'm just like. I mean, it could be. It's <laughs> an outside wild card chance. I mean, if they let's that, say we're, that we're, defensive backcourt. <laughs> we're talking about Kemba ne- next segment. I, I mean, do you think there's a chance they get yeah, Kemba? There, there's always Small. a chance. I, I think they've got the ammo for it. They could. They could do it. But what, I don't do you think feel it's like going to be him. Do you feel like getting Kemba changes this team then? Uh, yeah, actually, I like bringing in Kemba because it gives you uh, another guy who can ball. It's it works into their game plan decently. I mean, it doesn't really help them in the long run against the uh, Warriors. Is the problem? It makes your team better, but you're still not going to beat the Warriors. Jake, were you grumbling when I mentioned I Kemba heard Walker that. or the Cavs? I, heard that. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> <laughs> what What do you like about Kemba and the Cavs? I'm more moaned than ever. Dave said that makes a difference. <laughs> I said it doesn't make a difference against the Warriors. Oh, I thought you said it does. Okay, no. no I thought, okay, I thought you said it does. Never mind. I mean, they could bring him in, but yeah, it's not going to help them win. I was thinking of Isaiah Thomas and Kemba Walker starting against Clay and Curry. Are you saying I a 5'9 and a 6'0 flat guy or maybe 6'1? Yeah. You know? Maybe 6'1. Yeah. You know what? Kemba was a shutdown player in the, <laughs> the Big East Conference. UConn days, baby. Hey, we've <laughs> seen that boy in some big playoff moments and those those big tourney moments. He out by fucking Jay Lynn in the playoffs in his career, though. So, I mean, like... I, I I'm talking. I'm talking NCAA. Oh, I know. No, I that that boy did everything for the that UConn team. What, they went <laughs> yes, sh- eleven straight games, something like that. Ridiculous. Yeah. Ricky, uh, after February eighth, who are the Cavs adding, and are they going to have a shot to overcome the Warriors? I'm going to say they'll pursue DeAndre and Sweet Lou. They will not get it. They'll have to settle for George Hill, and they won't get to the finals. They'll lose to the Celtics in six. Here we go. All right. <laughs> <laughs> I, I got to ask this one it's last question. Then uh, is Gasol totally out the window? Like if. They pretty much well, shut down that rumor mill. The thing with Gasol is you haven't heard anything about him for the past month. I haven't yeah. heard any trade trade rumors pop up. Right now, Mark Stein has only reported about DeAndre, George Hill, and then the the the, the deal that Lou Williams, that they have interest in Lou Williams, and that there really hasn't been any movement on there. I think they end up adding Lou Will and DeAndre Jordan. I don't know for what price. They're probably going to have to give up that Brooklyn pick. Um, I, I think it's going to be interesting the way they use that lineup then because I don't think they're putting Sweet Lou in the, the, the starting five. Um, and that way you're going to have uh, IT, uh, like D Wade. Yeah. That's nah. great defense right there. Uh, IT, no, D Wade to play sh- shooting. Oh, card. yeah. Uh, we got IT, D Wade, <laughs> LeBron, 
K-Love and DeAndre with uh, D-Rose and Lou Will coming off your, your bench. This is Super 2K, uh, and that's why they're going to lose to the Warriors probably in six. Because I'll give them two games wow. just for having LeBron. All right. I feel like LeBron pissed off. I feel like it's going to be enough. And then that's going to be the the, the, the the reason why he drives out, because he's going to do as much as he can in mm-hmm. six games to yep. overcome the Warriors, and then it's just not going to be a cohesive team. And Ty Lue probably going to get fired right after the game, and they're going to be like, oh, we'll make whatever changes you want, LeBron. And then... Uh, I, I think I, I agree with Jake that he's going to end up in Houston. But, uh, Jake, we want to thank you for joining well, us. One thing oh. I want to add is with Memphis, they can't trade Gasol. They chose him over Fizdale. They could still trade him. Uh, I would be pissed if I was a Grizzly fan that we got rid of Fizdale. You and should then be ended pushed up pissed for a ton of reasons being a Grizzlies fan. Because like <laughs> you're a Grizzlies fan. This, <laughs> What's that? I said he's acting like... Greg Thank you. Hey, he could have been. He's he gets too much coach. respect. He's a quality coach. He, he's yeah, good. Brett Brown could be Greg Popovich too. <laughs> <laughs> Came from the tree. Apple doesn't fall too far from the tree. Uh, but Jake, uh, you got any final thoughts before we uh, before we end the segment? Uh, um, uh, Cavs are screwed. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're great as always, Jake. We'll be talking to you soon. Hopefully, uh, either next week or the uh, or the week after that. Uh, hopefully, we'll be talking about some positive 76ers news. Maybe you know uh, Ben Simmons goes off for like 40 points and starts hitting threes. Maybe Fultz can be seen yeah. in front of a camera taking a shot. Oh yeah. Jesus! Well, it's not about football. We're good. Or, or Joel <laughs> finds his next uh, Rihanna. Yeah. Is there a lot? Of, <laughs> is there a lot of tension between you and Ricky after that uh, that game on Sunday between the Saints and Vikings? All right, end this podcast. <laughs> Jake, I have not brought it up once. J- you did not. I did. Uh, Jake, we want to thank you as always. You rock, bud, and, and uh, thanks for being a patron. Well, let's move on. We got to give a huge shout out to our boy Jake. Love having him on the podcast. I mean, that's that's two great Patreon topics back to back. Because you got yeah. you got Pat last week on the PTP, mm-hmm. absolutely killed it on the Kansas Jayhawks thing. It's yep. super fun hearing him talk about that. And, and Jake, like Dave said, once we got off the phone, he's like a combo of us. He's, he's kind of got you kind of disagreed with it though when Dave said it. You were like, eh, well, no. Well, I, I've kind of seen it now. He's kind of got more of Dave Dave's demeanor, a little more laid back, a little more chill because mm-hmm. I'm a frantic weirdo and people are telling me to I just chill like out how the Jake, will, cool Jake will just say his, say what he's thinking. He yeah. won't hold back. And That's Dave what I love. and Dave does that too. Yep. And and we, I don't know. I, and I we have a bit of shared love for their Philly. Team. And, and we also have a da- okay. Uh, he's uh, a real Jake, fan. You're a poser. Let's just get that. Jake and I also have similar opinions. Well, yeah, wait. Come on, you're a Bulls fan. <laughs> you're a Bulls fan, Dave. I said shared shared love for Philly. I didn't say I was. You know, that was my number one team. Right, well, I, I admire. The Woj bomb dropped today, and and it, it said that the Charlotte Hornets are open, and you know, for offering, business. Yeah, open open for business uh, for Kemba Walker trade uh, offers at least. So it's kind of like Seven Eleven. They're not always doing business, but they're always open. So Kemba Walker <laughs> is now being dangled out there. I said that on a podcast about two months ago, or maybe a month ago. That I wouldn't <laughs> be too shocked if Kemba Walker ended up in trade trade deals or at least trade talks. Now he is formally out there. Uh, Charlotte making it obvious. Kemba talked about it today. He seems heartbroken. He doesn't want to leave. It's pretty sad. But this 27-year-old all-star, one of my favorite players in the league, he got me you know, rekindling my love for basketball. He made me a UConn Husky fan for about three years of my life. <laughs> that run in 2011 was absolutely magical. Uh, and then, you know, obviously 2014, Kevin Alley took Jim Calhoun's team and took him to a fucking uh, national championship. And now Kevin Alley's looking to get fired in, uh, in, in, out in UConn because he can't you know, get a winning basketball team out in the uh, the AAC, uh, but anyways, different different sport, different region, uh, different you know uh, levels of basketball. But here, but uh, Kemba Walker rekindled my my love for basketball. He needs a better home right now. He doesn't have that too bad of a contract. But what the Hornets are looking to do is move Kemba because he has a ton of value because mm-hmm. he's not on a bad deal and he's a great player. 
and then also offload some of their bad contracts like Dwight for 23 for two years. Uh, Marvin Williams, I think he's on a three-year deal for around 14 mil. Uh, Cody Zeller, 12 years for four years. Not a terrible contract for him because he's still pretty young. Uh, and also Nick Batum, I think he's got two years on his deal or three years on his deal. Um, and he's got around like 16 mil, 17 mil uh, on his contract. Oh. So. 22, 24, 25 on Batum. Okay, so way worse. So Batum... And then uh, a player for 27. Okay, so for four <laughs> years, Batum is going to be making around like $24 million. So they're trying to offload contracts, bring in more youth, and, and try to at least uh, you know purge this team. Um, because so far, this team has been very mediocre since Michael Jordan has has owned this team. And and since you know 2011, since they've brought in Rich Cho, uh, the former Portland uh, GM, this team has been around mediocre. Made the playoffs twice, 2013, 2016. Got bounced by LeBron James in the Heat in 2013. In 2016, got ousted by the Heat and D Wade in seven games. Close series, but Jeremy Lin tried as hard yeah, as he could to carry that. Team. Haven't gotten past the first round, and they've been super mediocre. Other than that, they've won around 47 percent of their games. So not even a team above 500. So let's jump into Kemba Walker, a dynamic player, a top point guard. I don't know where we put him in in our point guard rankings last year, but he's, he's he's a top 10 player. Where is Kemba Walker going to end up going uh, after February 8th? In February, After February 8th, the NBA trade deadline, what jersey will Kemba Walker be donning? For me, the obvious answer is the unlikely answer, unfortunately. And for me, I feel like the Spurs is the best answer to go with because this is a team who we have the mysterious quad injury for Kawhi, taking him out for unknown amounts of time. We're not going to talk about it. Pablo mm-hmm. refuses to give a number anyway. So I feel like this is a team where, yes, LaMarcus Aldridge has... Um, kind of reemerged as you know the old Lamarcus Aldridge being able to take over games and looked really great this year. But at the same time, I look at that team and I'm like, you guys are still the Spurs. Yes, you're still going to win 50 games, but don't you think now is the time to push the button, bring in somebody like uh, Kemba Walker who can be your point guard? I know you have uh, talent back there, but at the same time, it's like, are you really going to miss the opportunity to get Kemba for two years? When you're set up, you could have Kemba, Kawhi, and LaMarcus Aldridge as your big three. That is scary. I, I just feel like that combo together would work going forward as well. Is he a Spurs system guy, though? Because all I think back to mm-hmm. is the um, podcast. Um, it was the um, Road Trippin'. Road Trippin'. Where Richard it Jefferson. was Horry, and yeah. Horry's like, hey, you know what? And he basically mapped it out. Is Kemba a guy to fit into that Spurs system? Yeah, I mean, it, it is a, it's truly a system. And you, we watched LaMarcus struggle not mm-hmm. fitting into that system. And I feel like in his age, Pop has kind of figured out that, like, maybe one, you know, one shape doesn't fit all. So I think that even if he doesn't fit perfectly, he's a, he's a massive upgrade from Tony Parker and DeJounte Murray and Patty Mills. Patty, obviously, not like a starting point guard. He's mm-hmm. more of the combo. Just the at bench, least the guys but, they have on the yeah. team. He he's a massive upgrade over that and comes in healthy. I just think that's a it's a great fit for well, them. And I think Kemba does kind of fit the the system. I don't know if he fits the, the mold, but he at least has the attributes and at least the personality traits of fitting in that system. He's a very unselfish person. Yeah. He seems like just a, a very quality person. I'm not saying like you know players that haven't fit in the system are quality people, but Kemba does seem like a guy who is truly based on just wanting to win games. A guy that's very driven. He doesn't seem like he has a huge ego. He seems like he could really slide into that at least. Culture yeah, I don't in think I've San heard Antonio. Much out of him since he hit the NBA, like public speaking wise, like he's not he's a, a guy very quiet who's opinionated. Guy. So I think I, I think you're right. He might fit in pretty well. There. And you know, watching him speak when he is thrown into trade rumors today, he's getting emotional. It's not like it's you know he's he's angry, upset, just very calm and somber. I feel like he has at least the demeanor to fit in and, and slide into into that pop you know 
routine, but the whole thing with Kemba going to the Spurs is do they have the assets to go out and get him? And right. do they have the ability to bring him in as long as they're also taking in contracts like Marvin Williams, Nick Batum, uh, you know, Cody Zeller, whoever they do want to throw over? Right. Do they have enough to actually take on those contracts? I mean, that's the biggest question is can the Spurs take on Kemba? Yes. I mean, they would probably give up whatever they could to get Kemba, mm-hmm. but it's also can they add on another bad contract that's going to last them for two to three years to four years? And would it be worth it, you know, weighing the positives from Kemba and the negative uh, of, you know, a bad contract? Not saying that, you know, Marvin Williams isn't a decent role player. Right. Not saying that Nick Batum has been a decent role player before, especially coming off yeah. the bench. Um, I, but it's really do you want to be paying Nick Batum as a role player $27 million? Jesus. No, not at all. <laughs> Ricky, where do you think is a, a likely spot for Kemba Walker to land? You know, like, spot I would go somewhere more like like I wouldn't be surprised if he goes to a team that's not even in the playoffs right now like a Knicks like I mean the Pistons like a team where it's like okay might not a go French to the playoffs this year. Yeah. yeah however and I'm gonna go full 2k Ricky already because I love, love doing it. this I have a trade mapped out and it's successful it's a three-team trade <laughs> Hornets Cavaliers Clippers okay you put the picks wherever you want them to work these are the contracts so the Hornets would take on Tristan Thompson and Isaiah Thomas. The Cavs get DeAndre Jordan and Kemba Walker. Clippers get J.R. and Marvin Williams. So the Clippers are getting the Nets pick and or, or, Cleveland's pick. and Or <laughs> the Nets pick could go to the Hornets, and the Hornets could give the Clippers their lottery pick. I don't— So yeah, the Clippers would get a The Clippers are eating J.R. and— Marvin Williams, mm-hmm. they're getting the Nets pick. But you're looking at that like with a Clippers thing. <laughs> and they're giving up DeAndre and Lou? No, they're giving up DeAndre. Just DeAndre. So, Just DeAndre? So the Clippers give up DeAndre. They get JR and Marvin Williams. Where's the, that Charlotte pick currently at? The Charlotte pick's at 11 right now. Okay. And the Brooklyn it's pick seven. is at 7. Yeah. Um, the Cavs get rid of all their contracts. They basically swap IT and Kemba. It's just JR goes to L.A., Tristan and Isaiah go to Charlotte. It's 2K, but I don't think it's ridiculous. Yeah. 2K. That actually I think is that could, fairly... Yeah. I think it's... You're the not only, that, that, Congrats. The Ricky. only thing that makes it ridiculous in my mind is I don't think the Cavs could pull off DeAndre Jordan and Kemba to save their season. Well, and the one thing, then, that's something that Jake kept bringing up in, in, in the Cavs talk that we just had, is no matter who they bring on, and the only person that he mm-hmm. said that would work on that team and probably push them over the Warriors, or at least make it you know very competitive against the Warriors, he picked Warriors in five no matter who they get, mm-hmm. outside of them bringing in Paul George, but he said, you know, and making the point that Thunder are winning, they're most likely not going to move on from Paul George. Um, but, you know, looking at that lineup, then you get uh, Kemba Walker, maybe Kyle Korver for some shooting in, yeah, in the starting lineup, out, LeBron, K-Love, and then DeAndre Jordan. I mean, that's a pretty solid five yeah. right there. Hey, that'll do. But, I that'll mean, defensively, you're not going to be able to match up with Curry and, and Clay Thompson because Kemba, Kemba yeah. isn't a lockdown defender. I mean, he's not as bad as IT. Um, but, you know, Kyle Korver is not going to be able to shut down Clay Thompson. So it, it, it's really, yeah. you know, a, a lose-lose situation there. And, and, Does it know, make their team better right now? Yes. Does it still put them over the top? Maybe not. Yeah. I mean, that's, not. that's the problem with the Cavs is, I, again, if they're going to move on the Brooklyn pick, and it's what Rosillo said mm-hmm. uh, that Lebr- that he's hearing from LeBron, is that if, they want, if they're going to move that Brooklyn, that, that Brooklyn pick, it needs to be for a game-changer. I think Kemba Walker and DeAndre Jordan are game changers, but is it going to push them over the Warriors? I have no idea. And especially you're giving up another game changer in Isaiah Thomas along with them. Right. Mm-hmm. So I, I really don't know. I, I think the, the trade that you laid out is there, but I don't know if it's actually going to happen. No. Because that's a huge trade, and we don't really see massive trades where 
blockbuster. Three name. superstars yeah. are going the last from one we saw was what, different Dwight, teams. Uh, Dwight going to LA for um, Andre Iguodala went to the Nuggets, I think, in that trade. Uh, who else went to that? Uh, Bynum went to the Sixers. Bynum went to the Sixers. That, yeah, that's probably the last big. Who did the Magic get out of that trade? I don't know. The Magic got fucked. The like Magic always, always got fucked. Uh, I'm just gonna blindly assume that they'll call us out for it. Whatever it is. But no, I mean, I don't remember who they got out of that trade because I think Iggy ended up going to the Nuggets, unless the Nuggets sent someone to to Orlando. Anyways, it doesn't matter right now. <laughs> um, but at least with that, I, I think it's it's possible, but I don't. I think it's very unlikely. I think mm-hmm. I think the, the the trade that you laid out though isn't crazy. The teams that we talked about before uh, coming on to the podcast, and at least you know teams that were possible for Kemba Walker, we said the Cavs are iffy, and, and really it's just is he enough of a game changer to get the Warriors? Who they get? They got uh, Aaron Afalo, the the haymaker thrower, game changer uh, from Denver. Yeah, from Denver. Denver. Mo Harkless. Oh Jesus! And straight up. Oh, they Vucevic. got Vucevic. Yeah, that's bad. <laughs> and that's Josh a bad Roberts. trade. Yikes! And that's terrible. Christian Nyinga, I can't pronounce his name. Probably played like three games in the NBA. Yeah, uh, yeah, it's a terrible trade. They got fucked. Uh, <laughs> but the Cavs were iffy uh, on our on our uh, sheet. Uh, Dave throughout the Celtics said it was iffy, uh, just yeah. because uh, when Kyrie isn't on the floor, the offense isn't moving. Yeah, for we the, watched uh, that the last Celtics. night. Jesus Christ! Did Rough they... game, eighty nine, eighty between the the seventy sixers and, and Celtics. Um, I think that could be interesting, and they definitely do have the assets. I mean, they, right now, uh, I would think that Lakers pick is outside the top five, but if they have uh, the, the, the Lakers pick lands between two and five, then that would be the yeah. Celtics pick. It makes some move. crazy consideration pick thing, but they've got they, the thing is they have future picks from other teams. They've got ammo, and I know a lot of people really like you know. Well, here's the one thing: Marcus Smart, great defender, yes. Integral piece of the team, maybe expiring contract, yes. Mm-hmm. So you got to look at that. I don't think Rozier gets traded, probably, but like they've got enough pieces, enough draft picks to make something happen. And Kemba's contract, two years for twelve. Come on. Well, and taking that baseline, um, I, don't, I mean, n- you know, Kyrie and uh, at least Kemba, I feel like they would fit in. I think Kemba would fit in that Boston system, yeah. but it's really none of those guys are, you know. Uh, Chris Paul level facilitators. I mean, those guys are good passers. They're good at penetrating and dishing out, but they're not, you know, guys that are great setting up their other right. uh, other teammates like you know, the, like LeBron James, Chris Paul, that that type of level. Um, but, but you know, need to be in that kind of a level because you have skilled shooters mm-hmm. everywhere across the. Well, floor. and you have two guys. You have, and you have, you have your Kyrie, a great passer. Yeah, too. you have Kyrie, Kemba, uh, Al Horford, and yeah. Jason Tatum all to take that load off. It could be interesting, and then that you could would just work. be a weirdly stacked like. I feel uncomfortable. Well, and then Kemba's really cheap, too. And then you'd yeah. have Gordon Hayward back next year, mm-hmm. Jason Tatum, Jalen Brown, Jesus, yeah. Ka- Kyrie Irving, Kemba Walker, Al Horford, and then possibly like a Marvin Williams or Dwight Howard, too. Yeah, fuck I that. just think the thing with the Celtics and trades, we've talked about them enough. It's like Danny Ainge ain't going to pull the trigger. Like, Danny Ainge is just not going to pull the trigger. I feel like the only time he's going to pull the trigger is if it's for like an Anthony Davis. Yeah. Like if it's for a, a <laughs> massive guy. And I'm not saying Kawhi is, or not Kawhi, uh, Kemba, <laughs> Kemba isn't. Uh, we were just talking about Kawhi. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kemba isn't, but we're talking massive as in top 10 player. Anthony Davis currently a top 10 player. And mm-hmm. it's not even, yeah. you know, he's well in that top 10. <laughs> uh, so I think that's the biggest thing that Danny, if he's going to go out and get a guy, it's going to be like a Kyrie who's a top 15 player. He's going to go out and get an, an Anthony Davis who's a top 10 player. He's got to make a huge splash if he's going to give up, you know, someone. It, it's going to be a calculated move from yeah. Danny Ainge is what we're saying. So that's why that's iffy. I think it could help their team. It'd be a scary team. Uh, but will it be the right move and will it be the right move for Danny Ainge. Uh, we said Philly was iffy. Jake talked about it a little bit either on the podcast it or, was just or off, or the off, off the podcast. Um, he said it wouldn't be crazy. They do have Markel Fultz. 
He doesn't know how to shoot anymore. He forgot how to play <laughs> basketball, but still, that's the number one pick in the most recent draft. So they have ammo. Uh, Pistons have been a, a very heavily rumored team. Uh, Reggie Jackson would be in that move. I believe uh, Stanley Johnson would be in that move. Um, picks would be involved as Henry well. Henry Ellison, I believe, would Henry also be there. Ellison, who's currently in the G League, uh, mm-hmm. he would be moving. He was their pick in 2016, mm-hmm. uh, I believe the 17th overall pick. Um, out of uh, Marquette, so I mean they they have some ammo there. Avery they've got, Bradley's they've got also role been, players. Yeah, Avery yeah. Bradley, who's an expiring contract, has also been uh, moved around as well there. Mm-hmm. Um, I think uh, Bill Simmons also tweeted something that uh, Stan Van Gundy uh, is uh, over under Stan Van Gundy uh, mm. throwing out fifty <laughs> trade proposals to Charlotte <laughs> to get uh, Kemba Walker. I feel like it'd be a really nice fit for the Pistons. Um, I feel like that probably out of the East would be the team that I would say is is probably the best and most yeah. likely. Well, uh, team to get Kemba Walker one that I wanted to throw out and this is kind of one that I don't see it happening because a their first round pick is in Phoenix and two I just don't see them making the move because of who the guy running their team is but because of the injury to Deion Waiters because this is a team that wants to make a run Mm -hmm. could the heat be a team that not necessarily we're all in but uh you know what We'll throw one out there, see if you bite, see if you come with a counter offer. That's how trades kind of work. Just now, Ricky, before you get too far down this heat trend, you know we have a lot of heat fans. No, listening. I know. You can't give up Tyler saying, Johnson. Like, would they, the one that I, in the trade machine, I know that it's like, ooh, the trade machine, but I, Marvin Williams, Kemba Walker for Joe Johnson and Kelly Olenek. Joe Johnson? And it works. Yeah. Or, no, it's not Joe Johnson. Not Joe, not Joe Johnson. Power forward, Jay Johnson. James Johnson. Yeah, James yeah. Johnson. The former bull. James Johnson. <laughs> Joe Johnson was there. Kelly Olenek uh, for Marvin Williams and Kemba Walker. And then you'd have to throw in like nine picks as well. Yeah. because that, And that's that the thing. Not... Would the Heat mortgage their future because they don't have this year's no. first There's, in Phoenix? I don't think that's going to happen. Yeah, that, Just, that one. That, that's, that's rough because, mm-hmm. I mean, like I don't think Kemba's a need for, for Miami uh, and, and, and giving up James Johnson and Kelly Olenek, two guys that have been you know, good role players for them, and then also mortgaging the future for a move that's going to you know, possibly solidify that they're in the top four of the East. And it doesn't even make them like a for sure Well, maybe you know, even final top three team. in the East, depending yeah, on what that Cleveland does. Yeah, but I don't think that means – that wouldn't put them over Boston mm-hmm. or Cleveland in my mind. It might put them over Toronto. But that's that's the only well, Sean, thing. Sean, that's in your mind. Like, I mean, what do you know? <laughs> um, the Knicks have been rumored as well. Uh, Frank has been thrown out in that deal, and I, I think that'd be a terrible move if, if, I, if yeah. I'm the New York Knicks. Do not give up Frank for Kemba Walker. I love Kemba Walker. I think he's great. But right now, go with your youth. Go with Chris Stops, and go with go with Frank. Unless go with you're contract consi- control. Yeah, I, and go with, I, don't think be, consi- I don't think it'd be that bad of an idea unless, for New York. Unless you're seriously concerned about Kemba, uh, Chris Stops Porzingis' health in the next four years, I don't understand that move because Frank is going to need time to develop. But no, Frank no, no. looks like he has had the potential to be a good starter. What that move yep. will be is that move's going to be. I know they're kind of handicapped a little bit with this because of the Tim Hardaway Jr. contract, but bringing Kemba to New York to me would be a serious like. All right, we're going to recruit for you. Like, yeah, we need you to help do this too. But there are free agents. We're going to go out there and get free agents for next year so that there's people playing along with you. Because you can either sit there and develop with Frank, and it's like, okay, we've got contract yeah. control. Or you can go with Kemba, try to get those big contracts. The problem is and you're win taking next year. a big contract on to take Kemba. Mm-hmm. You're taking on mm-hmm. that 24, 25, 26 million of Nick Batum. And you probably. still have Joe. Can they flip? What if they can flip it? What if they get in third team involved? You still yeah. have Joe's contract uh, under Ugh. for the Knicks. That's a terrible contract. Mm-hmm. Four years, 72 million. There's two, two years left on that deal. Uh, Enos has a player uh, option after this year. 
he's most likely going to decline that. So, and, and he's been a crucial part of that yeah. team. So you're pretty much either going to pick, you know, either keeping Cantor or, or, or getting Kemba Walker. I, I agree with Dave. You got to go with the contract control. Frank looks like he has the potential. Kristaps has the potential, and he's locked down for a bit. Go out and get Enos Cantor, Chris, or you know, and keep Pay Enos Cantor. Yeah, because yeah. uh, him and Kristaps have been a really nice pair. You're going to get a, most likely a lottery pick if you're not making the playoffs, and that's going to put you in the, the position to possibly get like a Miles Bridges to, mm-hmm. to, to put at that three spot, or you know, for a two spot. We talked about Troy Brown from Oregon. That's yeah. a nice three point shooter. I feel like this team needs to go younger rather than going for it right away because that was the problem with the Knicks, you know, before. It's been the problem with the Knicks since you know they want it now. The fucking nineties is they want it now. They want yeah. results now. And not saying that Kemba Walker isn't a bad player, not saying that Marvin Williams well, isn't a bad player, Kemba and they, they couldn't help him be, in the playoffs. But. Kemba Walker would be a lot better of a player that they got in yeah, the compared Frank, to Joe and Derrick Rose right. when we gave him that. You no, know, but but the thing with that is it, he's an upgrade over Frank right now. Mm-hmm. But the the point is is that you're trying to outpace LeBron, at least in my mind. With, with the moves that or I've seen you're from, trying from the Knicks. to possibly bring on LeBron, because the Knicks have been a team, we've even talked about it in the yeah. past. Like, I, I, yeah. With I, I Kemba, feel like if he, with Porzingis, maybe make some moves. I'm not we, saying you will for sure, but make some moves to dump some contract, maybe get LeBron in the offseason, and it's a big maybe but you'd be putting yourself in that kind of a sweepstakes. When we talked LeBron, it was it was mostly the three teams that we've we've thrown out there as he either stays or he goes out west in Houston or LA. I mean, it, New York's definitely going to be in there. If he in goes there, anywhere but, in I mean, the East other than Cleveland, I think it'd be New York because of the market. I wouldn't disagree with that, but I feel like he wants to go. I mean, he lives out in LA, oh, so yeah. I feel like no, that's going to be the big thing. Team. And he's then going, he's you know, going obviously he's got Houston <laughs> with with CP3. I, I feel LeBron's like I, I just, I'm, what I'm just saying is that this team needs to. Stay, stay the course. Mm-hmm. They, yeah. they need to stay the course. Enos is only 25 years old. Kristaps, what, 22? Maybe 21 still? 20? Kristaps is still super young. <laughs> kid's a baby. Frank's like still like Frank, Frank's 17 still years old. Frank's still younger than like half the kids coming out this year. Seriously. I mean, Frank is literally like a child. Kristaps is 22. He's 22, born in 95. Yeah. And, and uh, Frank, I think, is 18 years old or 19, 19 years old. Yeah. Uh, I mean, like, they have a very young core. Tim Hardaway Jr. is still very young. Oldest guy in that starting lineup is Courtney Lee, and he's, you know, he, he's. He's got a very uh, gracefully he's late in his career, he, but he's got a gracefully de- <laughs> declining game. He's not very athletic. Yeah, um, I, I just feel like the Knicks it'd be rushing it too much. Um, the Spurs we mentioned it, that's iffy. I, I, right. I like the it, fit. It's uncharacteristic for them to make a splash, but if they did, the fit could be good. I like the fit, but I don't like uh, mm-hmm. the, the fact that they don't have enough assets. Uh, but the two I want to talk about, I threw out New Orleans. New Orleans doesn't have assets. Take them out of there. <laughs> uh, it'd be Drew Holiday, Kemba Walker, Demarcus Cousins, and Anthony Davis as your as your four, your starting five. That's disgusting, but you don't have the assets to do that. Uh, the other two teams, Denver Nuggets and Utah Jazz. These are the two teams that I think that Kemba Walker could end up being on. Paul Millsap, Nicole Jokic, and uh, Paul Millsap, Nicole Jokic, Kemba Walker, and Jamal Murray could be an absolutely filthy four and push them back into the playoffs. And again, I don't think this is a team that's going to be winning an NBA championship. I don't think this is a team that could upset the Rockets or the uh, uh, Warriors, at mm-hmm. least in the first round. But if they get to that sixth seed and around there, maybe they make a push and get to the second round. It's just something where, hey, Jokic, we're going to decline your player option, give you an extension right away so we don't have to worry about, you know, you, we get you for a longer term. Yeah. Uh, you know, uh, I, I feel like that could definitely be a, 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 you know, a decision that they make. Um, but this is a team that, with Kemba Walker, who's only 27 years old, Paul Millsap, who just signed for a four-year deal, I think they didn't give him, yeah, it was a four-year uh, or three-year deal. He's got two more years and then a club option. Yeah, okay, so four-year deal um, with a club option. So Three and one. Yeah, so three and one. Uh, so you got you know those two guys for at least, you got Kemba for the next year, you got Jokic for a longer contract, and Millsap mm-hmm. there, and Jamal Murray still locked in, loaded for for a little bit too. So See, I, I my, feel like 
they have the the pieces as well with you know Kenneth Reed, Moody A. They're moving um, one of their sick or multiple of their power forwards basically. Yeah, and, and, and Will Barton will be chain. thrown in there. <laughs> I mean, like there's there's enough that they have to move that needle. They also have picks as well. I feel like yeah. Denver could be an interesting team and push them into the playoffs. My problem with those two because I also when you brought up the Jazz, I like the Jazz. I brought up the Nuggets as well. Um, my only problem with those two teams is by bringing on Kemba. Might be able to be enough to get you back in the playoffs, but will it be enough to go anywhere in the playoffs? And then what if Kemba's not happy after this year, next year, he leaves? It's like, great, we gave up the house. He left anyways. But we didn't get any. Like The question is, what's worth giving up Are you up giving for? up the house, though? Yeah. Because the well, thing is that you're going to be offsetting that with a bad contract. I would even say, even if at the least they give up this year's first, I, would be, I wouldn't do that. I would do it. I wouldn't. Because right now, right, where are the Jazz and Nuggets they are, They're around 14, The Jazz 15? are 10th. Okay. And the Nuggets are 13th. Yeah. I, if I'm I the Nuggets, do I'd do that. I wouldn't. Because the, but the thing re- is, the Nuggets, if you make that move, you're going <laughs> to be moving back down. It's not like you're going to be staying at 10 and 13. Exactly. The, the idea no, is that you're going to go, go out I'm of the lottery. But what I'm saying is, in, the, in hindsight, so when we're mm-hmm. looking three years down the line— Look at what we gave up. Kemba wasn't happy in two years. He left. So Are you going to regret not having the like return Poncho, on investment Trey Lyles there? out there? My thing is, I think realistically, there are two teams in my mind that he goes to. Mm-hmm. And it's either a team like Cleveland where it's like that's a team that really can compete and then he'll want to stay with after. Or a team like if the only team in the lottery I could see them trading to is a team like New York where it's like, hey, we might not make the playoffs. However, if we don't, we're a big enough market and we re- can recruit guys to where we can keep Kemba afterwards, even if we have to give up this year's first-round pick. Dave, do you agree with that? I don't love the New York arguments just because I don't think that they need to rush anything at this point. I agree with you well, on that. Well, they don't end. have to, but I would. that's the only team outside of the playoffs I would see, like, okay, go for Kemba. Yeah, I think they've got a good enough core as is. I like the I like going with the Nuggets. Um, I think they've got a, just a plethora of power forwards right now. They can move. They've got a couple shooting guards that have value still. So that one, no fear. Move that. I don't know about the or about the Jazz. We mm-hmm. mentioned them as being mm-hmm. another one. For me, it kind of comes down to like, what do um, the Hornets what, what want? The want? Because it's not exactly like they've been nailing down draft picks in recent years. I'm glad you bring up the draft picks because I, I usually don't have notes like this. I usually am not writing it down. But when you're bored at work, you know who does? And you're pissed off because you know who does? Who? Brandon Swanson. He does. Brandon Swanson. Usually, a pen to paper usually, guy. usually, usually, oh, usually I have it on He's my a pen to paper. Usually, guy. I have it on my my, my computer. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But when you're pissed off at work, when your favorite <laughs> NBA player is about to get moved because he's not getting help, is it's, it's very, really your favorite. I would say he's up okay. there. I, I, I mean, I, I think my favorite is probably LeBron to watch. Mm-hmm. But Kemba, I'm not watching Hornets games because of the, these reasons that I'm bringing up. Mm-hmm. Because they're a terrible team. The thing is that you're playing in the Eastern Conference and you're consistently getting, you know, you, you've made the playoffs twice. That's mm-hmm. pathetic. The, the, the fact that you have Kemba Walker and, and you're run by Michael Jordan, one of the greatest players of all time, one of the great basketball no, no, the minds. the greatest player of all time. Let's uh, get whatever. that right. The thing is, is that he sucks as an owner. He's not a good owner. He's a mediocre owner. When okay. he took over in 2010, this is one of the worst teams that he did take over. And I'll, I'll give him granted, 2011, one of the worst years, seven wins. They get screwed by the lotto. If they get that, you're able to take Anthony Davis and Kemba Walker and Anthony Davis. That's a scary duo. The year after, you have a pretty decent year after winning seven games. You get up to, I think, 24, 21 wins uh, there. You fire your your coach. You bring in Steve Clifford, and this is Steve Clifford, a guy from the Magic that people are hyping up. You were hyping up that him and Dwight are going to be a perfect pair. Well, Steve Clifford yeah. hasn't won games in his 
yeah. time in Charlotte, and that's either because of Rich Chow's poor job as a GM, both drafting and bringing players around Kemba Walker and adding to Steve Clifford's lineup, or it's just a lack of great ownership because Michael Jordan isn't that great of an owner. Rich Chow isn't that great of a GM, the reason why he was fired 10 months into a stint as the Portland GM in 2010. And also, Steve Clifford, hey, maybe he's overrated because, hey, the guy that he came from in Steve, uh, no, it's just Steve Van Gundy, <laughs> in, in uh, Stan Van. Yeah. Maybe he's overrated, too, because Stan Van was great with Dwight Howard. He was great to start off with the Pistons, but they start losing those players. They yeah, start they're losing not the wall. all Build of those fucking walls. They start losing <laughs> all of that, that, that wall. They start losing that cohesion of that team unit. They start breaking down. And this is a team with Kemba Walker, who I feel is a true star in this league, could be a true star, but he's playing in Charlotte, which is not that great of a market for basketball. And also, you're not putting out quality teams. You have Nick Batum, Marvin Williams, Cody Zeller, Al Jefferson, and also Michael Kidd-Gilchrist as your best players around Kemba Walker. We always talk about a big three. They've never had a big two. This is a team that consistently misses the draft, and whether that's because of poor fortune in the lotto, or if it's just poor fortune just with your terrible scouting team. Because let's go through this. 2012, they lost the lotto. That's just bad luck right there. The fourth team with the, the, the fourth best odds in the New Orleans Pelicans won that lotto. They took Anthony Davis, like we just mentioned, a top 10 player in the NBA him and Kemba Walker, that's a big two right there. Instead, you go and get Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who Dave bailed out saying that he was supposed to be the guy. You just had to fix his shot. Well, this guy has the ugliest looking, ugliest looking jumper in the NBA that I've seen. It might be worse than Markel Fultz, and Fultz forgot how to play basketball. He and has this is a guy that Markel, Markel Fultz. This is a guy, Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who has been playing basketball, at least when he's healthy, consistently for five years. Markel Fultz is just getting back to basketball action because he forgot and, like, maybe he got hit by a truck. I don't no, know what's going on with Markel it's Fultz. It's the Monsters. The monster it's the monster. powers. Honestly. But even the thing with Michael Kilchrist is there's no powers to be stolen from the <laughs> Monsters. He just doesn't know how to shoot. Someone fucked up training Michael Kid Gilchrist when he was a kid either they thought it was funny. two hands they, yeah. they taught him wrong on purpose it was something weird they gave him the worst animation in 2K when they were building a player that's what they did with Michael Kid Gilchrist and you missed on Dame you missed on Bradley Beal you missed on Harrison Barnes and you missed on Andre Drummond any of those two players or, or those four players Combined with Kemba Walker, that's a big two. In 2013, you take Cody Zeller. A terrible draft class. A terrible, terrible draft draft class. There there was... Two good players in that draft class from 1 to 15. It was Victor Oladipo, who was already off the board, and then Giannis, who went at 15. So I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to bail mm-hmm. out the, the the Hornets there. It was a terrible draft class. You take Cody what Zeller, was that? and he's all right. That's uh, 2013. Oh, Anthony okay. Bennett was the number one overall pick. Yeah, that's 20, terrible. 2014, Ugh. you Ugh. get a pick after you traded uh, Corey Maggette for Ben Gordon, and you got a first-round pick for taking on Ben Gordon's god-awful contract. And what do you do with that? You get Noah Vonley out of that pick. You end up trading him to Portland for Nick Batum's bum-ass, and you'll give him, what what's, what's his contract? Five years, $108 million with a $27 million player, player contract? Option at the end, yeah. Absolutely ridiculous right there. Nick Batum is a great four on a team. He is not a two on a team. No one's ever said that Nick Batum, wow, he's a real game-changer in the NBA. No, he's a good 3 and D player. He was probably one of the best 3 and D players in the Western conference probably you know got that whole ball rolling out there when he was with portland when he was with dame and lamarcus aldridge uh out in portland but nick batum isn't a number one overall so you go and get uh, noah vonley at nine and you pass up guys like zach levine dario Saric, tj warren and clint capella 
Those are some four misses right there. Now, I don't know if any of those guys would be true stars next to Kemba Walker, but they're sure as hell better than Noah Vonley, who I think probably is getting like five minutes out in Portland right now. Congrats, Noah. You're a bum. Then let's go to 2015. You take Frank Kaminsky. Oh, boy. Don't I love Frank Kaminsky, the senior from Wisconsin, who's going to be the what? What was he? What was his biggest player comparison when he was coming out of the draft? When you saw Frank Kaminsky playing, who did you compare him to? Probably someone from the 90s. Because Frank Kaminsky's game doesn't work in today's NBA. You pass up. Well, no, no, okay, that's the one where I'm just going to jump in really quick. Yeah, you because, love Frank Kaminsky. No, no, no. It's not that I love him because he's from the area also. But oh, great. It's, um, he yeah, just, he's a disgrace. He's a Bennett Academy guy. Oh, great. Um, however, Who cares about Bennett? the thing that was the most enticing thing about Kaminsky is he's a big that could shoot threes. Now, like that was that was it. Like How's that he was a big guy. And no, no, I'm not saying it's working. But that's the only thing I'm defending is with everything going to the three. Hey, he's a big who can shoot three. He's unathletic. That's marketing. why. That's now, why. he's now, unathletic and American. <laughs> Larry Marker. Fair enough. He's but not Finnish. Do you know what happened no, around that Frank Kaminsky draft pick? Do you remember? Do you remember what Boston offered? Yeah, there because was because uh, Boston offered the fifth, the the sixteen, the fifteen from the Hawks. Um and future first rounders from either Memphis or Minnesota. I thought Brooklyn was in there too. I think there was some uh, and the Brooklyn, yeah, and unprotected, Brooklyn, unprotected, unprotected Brooklyn, Brooklyn pick. And what year was that Brooklyn pick? Uh, it doesn't say. It just says okay. a future selection. Could have been last Brooklyn. year. It could which could have gotten you so, either Markel Fultz or Jason Tatum. Four ones. Four ones. For Frank. For Frank. And even then, say you decline it and you take Frank Kaminsky. Well, who'd you pass on? Miles Turner. Him and. Fucking Kemba Walker could make a great two right there. Or it could you? have been the year after and you take Jalen Brown. Well, or you could have taken yeah, or you mm-hmm. could have taken Jalen Brown, or it could have been or the, Chris the, Dunn, the or it could or have been the, or or could have been the Brooklyn pick right now. And guess who you could take right now? Possibly Trey Young. Mm-hmm. Pretty fun combo, him and Kemba Walker, huh? But you miss, you take Frank Kaminsky, who you miss on? Miles Turner, Devin Booker, and the future of the Bulls franchise and campaign, people. Cam goddamn pain. I throw in one joke because this whole <laughs> Charlotte draft class is a joke. I mean, and then you go out Bobby in 2016, and this was a this was a, 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 a at least a, a move that I criticized when it happened. You have mm-hmm. the 22nd overall pick. You take Malachi Richardson and you trade him for Marco Bellinelli, a 31 year old bum who's great at shooting threes, but he's a like seventh man in any rotation. Malik, Tank commander. I mean, Malachi Richardson, he's not a guy that's going to be, you know, I, I don't know what he's going to be right now. He's been injured. He hasn't been anything great with the Kings right now. But you trade the youth of Malachi Richardson. You trade anything. And you go out and get Marco Bellinelli for one year. It's a terrible trade. Awful, awful, awful trade. And then in 2017, you go out and get Moist Monk. And right now, it's too early you to talk about him. him. But that's right a- now... You, you don't play him. And here's the other thing. Now it's too late because you're trading Kemba Walker. <laughs> so Michael Jordan has owned this franchise for eight years, and you have not seen any growth. Two playoff uh, two playoff appearances. One of the worst years in NBA history, getting seven wins, ruining Kwame Brown's career twice, and also just destroying the past, what, five years, six years, seven years, Eight years, however long Kemba Walker. I don't have my notes up. Six. He didn't put that. Six years of Kemba Walker's career, and you look at him Gotta in the past. Sean Rand. You look yeah. in the past three years. Kemba Walker has been top thirty in win shares, and in the past five years, he's been top fifty player in VORP. The guys with him, Marvin Williams, 
Uh, his best year, 27th. Then Zeller, 50th. The reason why those numbers were up, because Kemba Walker was helping him. Last year, Michael Kidd Gilchrist was his best help in win shares, 61. That was his best. Kemba sat at 29 in win shares in the NBA in 2016-2017. His best help was Michael Kidd Gilchrist, who we just talked about doesn't know how to shoot the damn basketball. It's a joke. Here's the thing, though. Yeah. Looking at it to where you can't go back in the past. It's a great rant by Sean. Gotta love the yeah, Sean rant. Yeah, that was impressive. However, you can't go back. You pretty much wasted Kemba Walker's time with you. You damn right did. However, the one thing I was going to bring up before you went on the rant is this kind of— <laughs> well, this Yeah, kind of, the, 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 the rant that I purposely stopped yeah, the camera for for this, about six minutes. This goes up back to the Kemba Walker trade as a whole of— you asked before, who does he get traded to before the deadline? He doesn't need to get traded before the deadline. It could happen over the summer. Okay. It could happen next year. Next year. Like, but the thing all, is, is that you're going to be taking right his now, value again. All right now they're doing is opening the communication. So we don't even know if they they don't need – like the Hornets right now are the ultimate – like they're in the driver's seat as of right now. They mm-hmm. can basically ask for what they want. They can take offers. The teams that are really right now are the teams that, like like I said, like Cleveland, like those playoff teams where it's like, shit, we need a guy like Kemba. This is where the only reason why I'd trade him before the deadline, try to fleece one of those teams to give up more than they might have wanted because they feel like they need him for a playoff run. I agree with you. I'm just going to ask you some questions. Is Charlotte mm-hmm. making the playoffs in the next two years? No. Okay. Charlotte's not a team. Like, I don't disagree no, just, with you. Just, just poor, a simple answer. They're poorly yeah. run. However, I think this is the move where— as an organization, it's like, like, you know what? We fucked this one up. Let's move on. Like Bill Belichick has, has done, like mm-hmm. like all great coaches and, and great minds have done, move on from a player too early. Yep. Do not trade Kemba Walker with one year left on his deal because you're tanking his value. If you have him with two years uh, of control right now mm-hmm. and $12 million, you're getting a top 10 point guard in the yep. NBA for $12 million and one year, uh, uh, another year of control as well as plus is the next you know three months, uh, including playoff basketball in that trade. Mm-hmm. You're also going to be able to get rid of a bad contract like a Dwight Howard, Nick Batum, Marvin Williams. So that is going to be the biggest thing. If you have them for one year, you're getting just the value for Kemba Walker for one year. You're not going to be able to add on that Marvin Williams, Cody Zeller. Dwight Howard, Nick Batum trades. Those guys that are three, fours, and fives in the NBA is not ones and twos. Those are the moves that you're making. You're trying to get rid of those contracts. So that's the reason why if they don't trade them, I think it's a huge mistake right now. If they don't trade them before February, yeah. February 8th, that's why I see it as a huge mistake. You're totally right. They can keep them. And, mm-hmm. and it's not, you know, like they can't trade them I think after at, the season. At and, the latest, the he gets moved this summer, but... It's I agree totally that I would just a Jimmy Butler situation, though, right? And I feel like that's a mistake. What, what you Is it just like Jimmy? Jimmy Butler situation from the last couple no, of years? But Jimmy that, had a contract extension. Jimmy see, has, has more control than well, Kemba currently has. And the only way I would say no is because I feel like the Bulls were in more of a position to build around Jimmy than the Hornets are right now to build around Kemba. Yeah, the Hornets, like, I have right stat, they're locked into what they've got. No, I know, yeah. and the Bulls weren't. The Bulls yeah. were like, well, do we try to still build around Jimmy, or do we move we on? Well, and they, don't have, they don't have as many people. bad yeah. contracts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, I mean, you look at the Bulls, right now they, they look like a team that's going to be able to make free agent moves with all the contracts that Charlotte has locked up. And if you're moving, you know, 
let's say they move Marvin Williams and Kevin Walker, that's about uh, $25 million that they're moving off their mm-hmm. books. Yeah. They're going to have to take some contract down, but if they're going to expire contracts, that's going to come off. But they're not going to be in that right position to move forward and get like big free agents, or at least free agents that can help their team. And they're not at least great at pulling in big free agents anyway, though. No, that, because who wants to play so Charlotte? They, so they miss on guys in the draft. They miss on guys in free agency. So how does this team get better, Sean? Through the draft. But they, they can't draft anyone. That's the thing. What they are, it's just a different-looking Orlando Magic. <laughs> and they have an ugly-ass floor and with a co- uh, with an owner who should be able to bring in those free agents. I want to go play for Michael Jordan. There's a big problem when free agents don't say that. When free agents aren't enticed to Charlotte. I don't think would want to say that anyways because you'd feel a little well, I think intimidated but, by his greatness. But that's the thing. I mean, that's the, the mm-hmm. thing is that the problem with Michael Jordan is people see his greatness. Yep. But they see his greatness as a player. They see yeah. the respect that he deserves because of the Jordan brand. Yeah. But yep. he as an owner, should not deserve that same respect that he does as a player. I get it. Mm-hmm. It's still transfer. He's still the same person. But as an owner, what has Michael Jordan done? What has Michael Jordan done to improve this Charlotte Hornets team? He has taken them from seven wins to about around 36 per year. Great. You're winning under 500 still. You're not the worst team in NBA history. Congrats. You're not being able to bring in free agents and big-name free agents because people are afraid of your greatness as a player. Mm-hmm. But the thing is is that you haven't had the respect uh, as an owner and and at least the resume as an owner to command that 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 intimidation. You know what I would relate Michael Jordan as an owner to? It's kind of like when you get that guy where he's worked all his life, then he retires, then he gets bored and goes, you know what, I'm going to buy a restaurant or I'm going to buy a business. And then he notices, oh, shit, there's a lot of stuff that I don't know here. And then the business tanks. Well, Bill Jackson as an owner. Well, I think it's one thing <laughs> is, is, is that I think he picked an owner. Michael lasted I think, I think he picked an owner <laughs> yeah. rather than a GM. And, mm-hmm. well, the thing with, is that he's got so much money. Yeah. So he can just keep the money flowing mm-hmm. in. And he's close to Chapel Hill. He's close to yep. North Carolina. Mm-hmm. He's close to everything that he, he grew up around. Um, you know, you know, you know, or at least like college and up. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing with Jordan is exactly that old restaurant you remember growing up with. We're gonna buy, we're gonna buy this restaurant. We're gonna build it up, and then you're like, oh crap! I've had like six of those discussions in my life already. There's a lot here. There's a lot of stuff here. <laughs> but the the thing is that I, I don't think Jordan is inept as an owner. I just mm-hmm. feel like his 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 resume, his presence is too much to overcome. It, it's it's yeah, it's very similar to Wayne Gretzky as a hockey coach. Mm-hmm. This guy is the smartest mind uh, that, that's ever played hockey. But you're playing for the greatest hockey player mm-hmm. of all time. And also, it doesn't mean that you're a great player. You're going to be able to pass off that greatness. Yeah. And, and just because you're a great player and you have a ton of money don't and you mean, love the game of basketball doesn't mean you should be getting involved in mm-hmm. the NBA again. There's a reason you retire. And I'm not saying that you know players have never retired from the NBA and gone over. But mm-hmm. the players that work in the NBA after a player were players that really didn't work in the NBA. Mm-hmm. There were players that weren't. Excelling at the NBA, they were, they were good role players. Yeah, That's like Phil Jackson seen. was an okay role player when yeah. he was in, when he was with the Knicks. Steve Kerr, same thing. Yeah, Steve Kerr was the same thing. Like, but it's like all of these guys have no, no, all the guys who worked. Don't for forget it. though, Phil Jackson surrounded himself with great people, but like, especially with the Bulls, yeah. like Tex yeah. Winter. But like That's na- the name the lat, name the lat. Like they're great mo- basketball yeah. minds, but they're not. They don't have that talent. They don't have that mm-hmm. that same aura. Phil built up that aura like as a coach. Not coaching. No, Kobe's not yeah. a coach. He's mentor. Shaq's yeah, not coaching. Which I love. No, he's he's a great. Charles analyst. ain't yeah. coaching. No, yeah. and and that's the thing. Like, and the one thing that the only guy that you would say worked, Patrick Ewing. What did Patrick Ewing did? I'm going to go to college. Well, that's because nobody stick in the NBA the was going to give him a job. Well, as a head it's coach. probably for good an reason. Assistant coach. As a head coach, no, but they it, wouldn't. It's probably for good reason because one, we usually see those types of players not work out as coaches, mm-hmm. and two, it's something where oh, that's Patrick Ewing. He was such a great player. He should be able to pass on 
that great right. legacy. Because he he's be so to... close to, and that's the thing, having having a great mentor like that so close to the team and the players is different. Like, that's the problem. You know, Michael Jordan, you got to be a free agent there to come in. You have to beat Jordan in a one-on-one game. That just doesn't mm-hmm. happen for you. That's why they don't get good free agents. Also, remember Chris Mullen, he's also in college St. John's, however different than Patrick Ewing well, that's, he's but, a Hall of Famer. But that's, Patrick Ewing's a Hall of Famer. No, I'm talking about, like, Chris Mullen. Oh, Patrick Ewing's a Hall of Famer, but Chris Mullen wasn't like, hey, I'm trying to be a head coach. But yeah, he went, no, like, I'm going to college. He went straight to yeah. college. But yeah. like, that's the thing is, is like, I feel it's it's different because these guys had NBA resumes and, and they're mm-hmm. not able to bring it over. I don't know why this is talking about the Kemba Walker thing. But just but go. but the thing is, is just the <laughs> fact that these guys don't translate because they have such a big aura. And Michael Jordan, his aura of being the greatest player of all time is intimidating because guys have to live up to it. Jordan's gonna be a practice. I have to impress Michael Jordan. And then you know, the fact that you know you feel like you have the, to the blinders as well is is that no one's gonna call up Michael Jordan for a basketball move because Michael <laughs> Jordan has never been wrong and it's you know whatever how long do you play from eighty. Four to two thousand something. Two, so his like ninety eight. <laughs> okay, but <laughs> his, his like his twenty year career. Yeah. Jordan didn't make any bad moves besides coming back to the Wizards. Yeah, pretty much. No, ninety eight. Uh, he didn't come back. My, to my the question Wizards. is: Is are, are you blaming Jordan too much for the failure of this organization? Do yes. you feel like he, it was bad moves by him as an owner? That set them up for failure. No, I don't think it's all on Jordan. I just think it I just think, seems like he seems to be a lightning rod for you right now. I I am He's angry at a pain. lot of people. I think Rich Rich Cho hasn't been doing a great job, but I, I think that again we blame James Dolan for all the failures in the New York Knicks. Um, we blame Jerry Reinsdorf when he's not firing John Paxton and, yeah, and, and, and Garpax. Firing, but I'm blaming no. more Garpax. Yeah, but that's but the thing. He's not, not, he's not, getting, he's not getting away yeah. from because he's buddy mm-hmm. buddies with them. Yeah. We, we, we've called out guys before. It's been eight years. When is enough for Jordan? Again, I, I'm not saying that the reason the Charlotte Bob, uh, the Charlotte Hornets, uh, I was going to say, and well, both of them really. I mean, yeah. he, he took over when they were Bobcats. Uh, but the reason you know the the uh, Hornets and Bobcats have only gone to the playoffs twice are because of Michael Jordan. I think it's a lot of different moves, but Jordan needs to be able to realize, all right, enough's enough with mm-hmm. Rich Cho. Enough's enough with these scouts. We need to be able to move forward. And right now, I haven't seen those right moves from the ownership, and at least as a majority owner, from Michael Jordan. And, and again, it's not all on Jordan, but I think there is some blame to put on Michael Jordan. I think there's a lot of blame to be put in. On, on the Charlotte team. But anyways, um, and also they're going to get rid of Kemba Walker, and that's the reason why people are coming to uh, yep. to, to, to Charlotte Hornet games. So you're going to get rid of Kemba Walker, a guy that's been a, a consistent all-star for Unless you. Unless you get IT through a uh, Cleveland trade. Oh, great. We get to watch Isaiah Thomas play I in think, Charlotte. I think that he could pull in some people that want to I feel so see bad for Isaiah Thomas he has to go to Charlotte. And not because Charlotte people aren't nice, but the wow. fact that he's going to go to a, a, an organization that I just, again, used fucking notes for back at like you know in 1950s when we had a righty righty right-handed desk <laughs> this was a Brandon Swanson like cut in in the middle mm-hmm. of this anyways uh, that's gonna wrap it up for the Charlotte Hornets we talked about 40 minutes of the Charlotte Hornets if you have any thoughts <laughs> on the Charlotte Hornets please let us know we'd really appreciate hearing what you have to say about the Charlotte Hornets I'm definitely gonna make a, 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 at least an annotation in the comments a pin <laughs> one where Sean Rance starts here because that was pretty late in the podcast but people need to see that but anyways Let's jump into our final topic. We tweeted out our topics uh, earlier today. I did. We did. Um, we did. Uh, on, on Most Value Pod on Twitter, if you want to check them out. Uh, we wanted to hear what you guys thought about some of our topics. Uh, we didn't get to uh, all of them. Uh, there was only one guy who responded. We want to give a huge shout-out to uh, Mike2K underscore 97 on Twitter. Uh, you can follow him at Mike 
518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-518-
at least after their free agent moves and their draft picks, that this could be a dangerous team of the future. And that's why I think Michael Porter Jr. could be the best fit, or at least a perfect fit, for the Sacramento Kings. Dave, uh, you're kind of giving me a weird look. I don't know if you're just waiting for me to stop talking or what. <laughs> no, no. I just, when, it, when you mentioned dangerous team, and I just had that like horrible flashback of how high I was on this team in the mm-hmm. offseason. It was like, yeah, look at all this young talent, look at all this stuff. And then I look at their team and I look at their record and I look at the way they've been playing. And it's just kind of disappointing. Well, and we, we saw the end the the hot streak that they went on the end of the season. We see the signings of George Hill, player a player that we all three like. We see the yeah. signing of uh, Zebo, and we're like, oh, Zebo's a really good player still. I mean, he's, mm-hmm. yep. he's at least going to be able to score and grab some boards for you. It just hasn't worked out there, and and Jaeger yeah. hasn't been able to to rally the troops. So, I mean, I, I still think that this team still has a ton of potential, even though it's really not working out right now. And you they got your favorite player, Buddy Heald, Ricky. No, they do. And the thing that I was thinking before we recorded. The thing that I said and the thing that I think would have worked for the Kings if they do take a Michael Porter Jr., do you go ahead and, and this is barring he doesn't play this year, do you do a Giles situation? Do you do a Ben Simmons situation where, hey, you know what, we're going to sit you your first year as a pro and you're not going to play? There's only one flip side to that. Their 2019 first-round pick is either going to be with Philly or Boston. Yep. It's going to be one of the two. So you can't There's really no point suck to tank. to tank because you're not going to have that pick. Unless you trade George Hill, and I'm not saying the Brooklyn pick, but you get a pick next year for just something. Yeah, but even then, like your performance your won't really direct yeah. where that, where that pick's mm-hmm. going to end It'll up. It'll be the so, team you get yeah. that pick from. And weren't yeah. there rumors already of him you know, wanting to come back before this year is even over? So like, mm-hmm. I don't know if it's... I don't know if this is the type of injury where you want to have him sit out for a year um, to build up because well, at this point, like, he could be ready to come back in a month and a half. And the biggest thing, and you guys talked about this on the Primetime Podcast, I think it was it two weeks be. ago. Go check it out. It's should Michael Porter come back to uh, to college basketball. Um, and the whole talk is, you know, he, he should be ready. I think it was uh, at least two weeks ago there was a report that he should be ready around this time to resume around basketball actions. July 12th was the date that... He was supposed January? to be back. Okay. Yeah, don't January. January 12th. So uh, seven days ago. Yeah. On last Friday. And, and that was a, a thing that we talked about in our mock drafts was the fact that this kid might be able to come back. And you guys talked about it mm-hmm. um, on the Primetime Podcast. But it's really should he. What was your guys' ultimate decision? Well, what, what was my, your ultimate my decision, decision is if he plans to come back, because we were talking about just this season. Right. If he plans to stay in college to play with his father, who's the assistant coach at Mizzou, to play with his brother, John Tay, then sure, come back this year. But if your ultimate goal is to go to the draft, don't risk it. Just well, go to the draft. Especially if you don't want to get injured again. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Then it's really the thought, should he come, should, not only should he come back next year, but should he come back this year mm-hmm. and, and try to you know at least build up that draft profile? And there's yeah. some guy, I think in our comments, I forget, I'm sorry, I don't know your name off the top of my head, um, but he, he, he mentioned that Michael Porter shouldn't come back because it's just going to hurt his draft Jeff Stock, because if he doesn't come out and look well, or if he re-injures his his his, um, his back again, mm-hmm. then he's totally screwed. Yep. So, I mean, you're in this this you know rock and a hard place. It's either do I you know avoid the draft this year and play with my dad and my brother, or do I avoid you know or do I resume basketball action and possibly re-injure my back before the NBA draft, and then I might screw my chances. I have no choice but to come back. Right. So. Right now, where would you guys say that Michael Porter should be in? And I know we don't really know where you mean he like will draft be. Draft position? Or? No, but like where where do you think that he is in right now in a situation? Do you feel like he's going to sit out this season and come back to Mizzou? Do you feel like he's going to sit out this season, go into the draft, or do you feel like he will come back this season and then decide whether to go back to Mizzou or come back to the draft? 
Do you feel like if he comes back this season, let's let's answer this. If he comes back this season, is he going to enter the draft? Yes. Uh, It's a (laughs) 50-50 to me. If he comes back, it's a 50-50. Do you think both are 50-50s? The fact that he might come back this season? If he doesn't play this year, he's gone. If he does not play this year, he's going to the draft. However, the thing that I brought up in that segment, and it's a little bit of time has gone on. Got to throw out Mizzou lost to Illinois, so what up? However... If they're a team right now, they're three and two in the SEC. They just got a big win over a ranked Tennessee team. Mm-hmm. If they start doing well, they beat an Alabama on the road. They beat a ranked Kentucky team once. They beat a ranked um, Auburn team. If they get some of these big wins, they go into the conference tournament with a favorable chance to make the tournament, or even go ahead and hey, I can help this team make it to the tournament. Then I could see the pressure. Kind of be like, well, you know, I'm going to go and play for my team to get us into the tournament. Well, and the other thing, too, they just got Torrance Watson, who's a four-star uh-huh. shooting guard as well, to, mm-hmm. to bring on. So they have uh, more players coming back, not only his brother, Michael Porter. They yep. also got four-star recruits coming in. So they got decent recruiting class as well for next year, too. And it too. depends. Is he going to be like Miles Bridges, where Miles Bridges wants to win a championship? Ultimately, yeah. do you think he's going to be in the NBA draft? Do you feel like there's even the chance that he could be a perfect fit for Sacramento Kings because they might not have the opportunity to draft him? Do you no, feel like I, he's going to come out? I think it would be a great fit for them, and I think he should come out. The The problem is, is you know, he's still a kid, and he's extremely emotional i mean the fact that he switched schools to play for his dad Mm -hmm. that like all this is tied together it feels like it's a maturity level thing maybe and he doesn't see the long way like the fact that the the um decision he has to make like Mm -hmm. is he going to be short-sighted and be like look i have this great opportunity to play with my dad potentially play with family later and like we're we could be on a heater running into the tournament like this is a chance of a lifetime and i get it it is or you could be like well if i don't play i'm gonna go collect millions of dollars in the NBA regardless of if I'm actually going to be healthy for more than three years. So for me, it seems like I would take the money over the experience. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, I wonder because of you know him deciding to play for his dad, because of all that pressure building up, that he might take the route and actually want to press his luck, come back this year, play during the tournament, and maybe maybe risk the chance of being a you know, top five pick. Well, the one thing with with him going to Mizzou, it also made sense just because he's from Mizzou. So it wasn't like he, he, he was going— played at a better school. Yeah, but he was going away to Washington. Well, Washington just had some great recruiting reason, classes with Fultz, Chris. The reason why he was going to Washington well, his dad was, was his, his dad coach. was yeah. on that staff. And once yeah. the head coach got fired, the staff got let go. Yeah, right. and so then his dad went to Missouri. Yeah. He's from Missouri. It just mm-hmm. made sense for him yeah. just to stick. And I think Columbia is where the University of Mizzou— is located as well. I think mm-hmm. that's where he was born as well. Um, so I mean that that him him decommitting after a coach was fired. No, I'm saying more of him following his dad around as a coach. Like if your dad's also, been your coach he, like, also, for your whole life, there's a relationship there. You have the like father son. But he has a coach. No, because it, because his like dad's been his out in Washington. Coach, but like come on, you know, growing up like that there was that relationship. Yeah, so you heard it from Jordan. You heard well, it from other NBA players when their dad is a coach figure in their life. Um, even if they're not like directly the coach of the team, you're, they're still their coach pretty mm-hmm. much. Mm-hmm. And it's just I feel like that relationship is completely different than like a father son relationship. That's I, why there's more pressure on him. I wouldn't say like the one word you use that I wouldn't have used was short sighted. Yeah. To where I'm on the other side to where I don't think it's real emotional if he did want to play with his brother or play with his father and come back next year. You don't um, think there's any emotion in that decision? Well, no, no, no. There's emotion there, but I don't think it's like, oh, my God, this kid's emotional. We can't draft him. No, I'm not like saying you can't draft him. I'm saying that he's going – that decision what's wrong is being with, pinned on. What's wrong with – because he, he moved out to Seattle. 
um, and, and played for Nathan Hale, mm-hmm. I think, midway through his high school career. He was yeah. he was originally in Columbia, was mm-hmm. in Columbia until he was, I think, a sophomore, mm-hmm. and then went out to Nathan Hale. So, I mean, like, he was following his dad in some ways, but, I mean, can you blame him for wanting to play with his dad? And it's not like... No, well, that's the, the thing. I'm not blaming him for any of this. I'm okay. just saying that because of that relationship, there's a... It's not like a normal case where we've seen a player who gets injured. It's not Harry Giles because Harry Giles didn't well, have Harry this Giles extra... Also. It was a worse injury because he tore his ACL. And I get that. Well, this could be a bad injury going forward. It could be something reoccurring. We don't know. We have no clue. So that's the thing is, I'm just saying it's a completely different situation. You can't compare it to that because he didn't have that relationship. He didn't have those other stakes being um, laid on top of there that changes your decision making. Like, if I'm telling my dad I'm not going to come back and play for you, it's different than telling, you know, Coach K. It's like, hey, I'm done. I'm going to go make my money. Thanks. Mm -hmm. Like there, it's just a different level of a decision. It's mm-hmm. more things have been added on to that, and it's not bad. It's just I'm saying you have to understand that there, there's a so different level of decision. The one thing I would say made. is instead of being emotional, there's 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 more levels. It's a, it's a deeper uh, it's a deeper situation than just I, I want to sure. go to the NBA well, because well, I wouldn't say emotional. Emotional on... means like that means I feel like he's not thinking this through. Yeah, like that when emotional, I feel like it, that, that, that there's some being negative decided to it. not by logic. Yeah, and but I feel like That's could, you I'm could still make for. a logical and decision to play with your dad and to play with your brother. Like there's emotions in there because you've grown <laughs> up with that person, but That's... I don't think but you could still have a, a logical conversation, think it through and still say, I want to Are you going still to pass upon millions of dollars, guaranteed money? Or or go back to college, risk being injured for the chance to play for your dad yeah. and maybe compete for a national championship, which you wouldn't even be a favorite for. There's a lot of uh, you know uh, negatives there because I mean, you look at Miles Bridges; he comes mm-hmm. back, he got injured as well right away. So I mean, like there's again, there's there's I, I understand that there's emotions. Yeah, you're just saying that it would be an emotional decision to go back because it would be the wrong decision. I'm not saying it's wrong. I'm just saying I think there's more of a chance that he comes back than other guys we've seen this happen to in the past, where they get mm-hmm. injured. Okay. Out of the gates in college, and they got to play that decision-making game. Do I come back? Well, Do I it not? really depends on also, and none of us can answer this because we're not in the room. But like, I relate it to kind of like if I was in that situation, mm-hmm. how me and my parents were. Were we'd be talking about this almost every day, where it's kind of like until a decision was made, mm-hmm. we'd talk it through. And my parents wouldn't be the one to say like. Well, don't you think you want to stay in college? Your parents you aren't want? ultra competitive. Like, like, well, I wouldn't say competitive. No. Sports parents, though. Yeah. You, I mean, you're also the not same a 6'10 kind of athletic yeah. freak, Ricky. No, I know. <laughs> yeah. But like, even I'm like joking. in my experience, I've never felt like with anything I'm doing that I was pressured into anything where it's like, that's the conversation. Like, it all depends on the conversation. I don't think he's having the same conversation that Lonzo and his dad are having. Yeah. Like, that's the extreme to it. To be but, fair, but I think he's closer there to the than your parents. No, and, and I'm not saying that I'm exactly the same situation. I'm just using but like my also, situation. Also, the whole thing with the balls is it's always been built off of business. Yeah, mm-hmm. where this I'm just saying yeah. like I think you guys are making too much out of. Well, what I want to get off make. this. I yeah. want to get off this. So like I I, well, I understand. The point what you're is, saying. is he going to fit in with the Kings? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> which, which I'm trying to get back on. Um, but let, let's go to the Kings because mm-hmm. again, this is a very young team. We like their coach in, in Dave Yeager. I mean, he he had Yeager a really bombs. good success. In Memphis, so far, really hasn't seen that success except out of that second half in the uh, with Sacramento after they traded Boogie away this year. Not seeing that same success, but you again, you look at the 
the, the roster and the way this has been constructed. Scales, a first-round pick. Malachi Richardson, first-round pick. Harry Giles, a first-round pick. Giorgio's Papagiannis, first-round pick. Justin Jackson, first-round pick. Buddy Heald, first-round pick. Willie Cauley-Stein, first-round pick. De'Aaron Fox, first-round pick. Again, Buddy Heald, not their first-round pick, but they still got him in the trade for uh, DeMarcus Cousins. So you can yep. still count him as a young player, still locked down. And all those players that I mentioned have until, uh, you know, the, the, the shortest contract on that is Willie Cauley-Stein, and he still has uh, up until 2018 uh, 2019 locked up, and the, those guys aren't making a ton of money right now. And really, none of those guys outside of Willie Cauley Stein and probably Buddy Heald really deserve a ton of money because they haven't been playing that much and really haven't shown that much. So this is still could be a very young and talented team. And adding a guy like Michael Porter, who could be the number one on this team because of his athleticism, because of his scoring ability, because of his ability to rise over defenders, and also his length that could turn into a, a, an ex, you know exceptional defender. Pairing that with Darren Fox, who we talked about his great defender, de- defend uh, his his great defensive abilities. Mm-hmm. Also pairing that with the great rim protecting of Willie Cauley Stein, hiding the deficiencies of Buddy Heald and Harry Giles and Scalabissier aren't known for defensive mm-hmm. stoppers. We see that Harry Giles might have that potential because of his yeah. athleticism, but again, we really don't know where he's going to be. So I think taking Michael Porter Jr. and making him the guy in Sacramento could make this team, you know. Three years down the road, four years down the road, a team that could be a top five team of the Western Conference. I mean, I would I wouldn't put a number on it, but yeah, that's I. I that's I where you would fit, expect to be in three to four years. Yeah, at least. the fit is ideal. You've got a bunch of you know really athletic kids, really quick talent, and I think that honestly, like the fit. Um, I forget the person who uh, tweeted back to us, but like they they nailed it. Like it it is a good fit. The only thing I'm concerned about is like. There's rumors of them shipping uh, Willie Cauley-Stein already. There's mm-hmm. um, a couple other names who've been tossed up. But, yeah, they desperately need a small forward. And, honestly, Porter would be a massive upgrade filling in that need. And you get, because of his length, you get you get a chance at better rebounding. You get defending, like you said. And if he develops a smooth outside shot over time, like, you have something that, you okay, you've got somebody who's 6'11", right? Or is he 6'10"? 6'10". 6'10". Is what I've seen the most of us. Yeah. I we mean, never know, though, until yeah. we get the NBA combine. I mean, the whole point is, on Wikipedia. you, get, a, you yeah. get somebody who is taller than the majority, or than the average player. Mm-hmm. And that, again, easier shots, e- easier looks. So And he's got a crazy vertical. And he's, yeah. he's, he's crazy athletic. And he's got a smooth jumper, too. And I've seen videos against him and Dennis Smith. And it's yeah, he's he not did. winning, you know. but Dennis Smith's also a year older one of the most athletic players from last year's draft class, and there's a, the ability to stick with him. And again, that was two years ago, you know, different players right now. Um, but still, Michael Porter Jr., I feel like he is still the best player, yeah. barring injury, taking injuries off, let's turn injuries off in the settings, <laughs> he's still the best player in this draft. And I think if the Kings have the number one pick, they're going to avoid Michael Porter just because of that injury concern. But if they are two and below and Michael Porter is still available, I think it'd be stupid for them to pass up because I think this guy could really be a franchise changer out in Sacramento. No, I'm the same way. I mean, looking back at the mock draft, I had to make sure who I had him go with because I know I didn't have him go with um, Michael Porter. I had him go with Miles Bridges because I thought that the small forward in general was the position that they should go with. And I mean, the thing that I like most about it, you bring him in, it's... You still have Buddy Heald then locked down for two years. You still have D 
Um, Aaron Fox locked down for three years. Guess what? After those years for them, they're restricted free agents. You're mm-hmm. probably bringing those guys back. You've got guys like Scal locked down on restricted free agent. Willie Cauley-Stein will be a restricted free agent. There's not a lot of UFAs on this team to where— Outside of the ju- old guys, like yeah, Vince just, Carter, George Hills, Zebo. Let's be honest, Vince Carter. No, I'm just throwing out the guys the, that yeah. are UFAs. He's like, there's probably not a lot. at the end. I mean, Zebo's at the end. He's Garrett 39 Temple, years old. Are you going to keep him after 2019? George Hills, the big one. Are they going to trade him? But I mean, everything is RFA, and it's you draft him, and this team kind of grows together. And then Sean, like you said, I wouldn't put a number on it. However, three years would be a pretty good one to say, okay. This is the barometer for is this team going to be a good or not NBA team? Or and when I say that, I mean playoff team. Well, and I think guys that really have found their their, their stride mainly this year, at least guys that are younger, um, Ben Simmons' athleticism mm-hmm. was getting him by early and also having great teammates around him yeah. was helping him. Jason Tatum, crazy athletic, helping him. He also has a great team around him. I mean, most of these that guys, uh, bonkers, Donovan though. Mitchell, crazy yeah. athletic hit, helping him get by. Kyle Kuzma, athletic kid, helping him get by. Michael Porter Jr., his deficiencies in his games will be hidden by his athleticism. And that's the thing, is that that's why I say three to four years. He's not going to be a a polished and and well-rounded player like Luka Mm -hmm. will be coming in right away, but he will be able to still be able to grow. And when he hits 26 years old, he might be that polished player that you're finally looking for. And by that point, because of his athleticism, because of Darren Fox hopefully being polished by that time, Buddy Heald being a dangerous shooter from the outside— that is going to help you take this team to the upper echelon of the Western Conference. And we're seeing at least some of those teams crumble. We don't know where the Spurs are going to be. LaMarcus mm-hmm. Aldridge is going to be older. They don't have a point guard. They have Kawhi Leonard. What's wrong with Kawhi? He currently has that, that, that quad injury. Chris Paul's going to be old <laughs> in, in three to four years. I mean, we don't even know if he's going to be on Houston at that point. James Harden will still be there. You still think he's going to be a, a, a player that can contribute. Really, the only team that you could say, this team's going to be around is going to be the Warriors. Be yeah, the, the, the only teams <laughs> that you could really say that are for sure going to be around, at least looking at the standings right now, yeah. the Warriors, because they're most likely going to still have Steph and Clay or mm-hmm. Steph and Draymond or Steph and KD, whatever right. concoction Combo. you want to put with mm-hmm. Steph. And then you also have Minnesota because you assume with that talent they're going to at least be able to be consistent mm-hmm. with Carly Towns, Andrew Wiggins, and if Jimmy Butler's still around, which I think he will be in three years, right? He's still going to be able to bring that team to the, the upper echelon of the West. But outside of that, there's not a lot of dangerous teams out in the West. This is an outside Michael Porter question, but it's a Kings question that's dancing around my head. Yep. Let's say they draft one. They draft Michael Porter. They're coming through next year. Next year's draft, 2019. Mm-hmm. I think they Brooklyn when Brooklyn got Karras. I think they could do the same thing, where it's like we're going to trade into the first round, give someone up. Do you see them next year being a team that sells Zebo or works to get him an extension? God, no, not an extension. Sell, sell, Zebo's sell. what, 39 years old? No, that's what I'm saying. Like, next <laughs> year's his contract year. Oh, no, I don't know. Are they selling him at the trade deadline next year? Uh, Is that they, what we're talking no about? No one's buying Zebo. I don't think anyone's buying Zebo. For 12 mil? Yeah, yeah, I, I think that I if he's not gone by this trade deadline, I mean, and he's like fourteen and six right now. I mean, <laughs> it's not like he's he's still got some scoring touch, but Zach Randolph isn't moving the needle, and he's not going to get you a first round pick. I, I understand where you're coming from, but I don't think Zach Randolph is going to be that guy that it, it, you know next year, especially with his mm-hmm. age, is going to be a guy that's going to get you anything worth value at the trade deadline. I don't even know. Again, we, he might retire after this year. Yeah. We don't know what what his thoughts are. So. Zebo, I, I think that's a different. That, that's going to be a something situation next that's really year that the we'll only address. One that I could see 
them maybe being like, hey, let's see what's out there for a trade. Well, I think I George think Hill could be that guy. I well, think, no, no, yeah. no. I'm talking about after this year. Well, I'm, I'm saying, assuming like, they'll if, move if, you're, if we're talking about what you're, you're bringing up right now, yeah. um, you know, I think uh, with Karis LeVert, I think they picked him 22nd, 20 20 yeah. 22nd, something like that. Um, you know, a team around that range in the NBA draft could definitely team. swap their first and, and, you know, take on George Hill. Yeah. Because that's a player, that's a team that's going to be, you know, in the playoffs. Let's say he it's was a, 20th in 2016. Okay. And who's yeah. 20th right now in Tankathon? Is it like, I'm guessing it's, uh, I hate doing this off the Duval or something? No, it's probably, well, it's probably like the Miami Heat. Portland. Oh, Portland. Okay. I'm sorry. Yeah. So uh, Portland doesn't, who, like, who's below him that would need a point guard? Uh, Minnesota. Hey, Minnesota. That's the deal I want to happen. Let's just see that. Let's say well, they have Jeff Teague, but let's just say yeah, they get Minnesota. For... <laughs> they're at 21. Mm-hmm. And then you could possibly get Michael Porter and then possibly get a, well, they do have a backup point guard in Frank they, Mason. Could, but but you know, since I say Mason's actually played more, better than Fox most times. It's kind of sad. Well, he's older. Yeah. So that's the thing. Uh, but, but are we saying trade for this year at the 21st or next, like next year's pick? Well, I feel like George Hill might be off the team. I mean, like, why not go? Why not go this year? Next year, not having a pick, will that hurt the Kings? Uh, they have so many young mm-hmm. talent. That I don't think they need to add young you talent. I think they need to, to add uh, the veterans. Phoenix at like twenty three. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they need a point guard. I don't know. It's it's but yeah. It's it's something They're that's out pieces. there. The, Hell, maybe the Atlanta. Atlanta's got like nineteen yeah. picks. Maybe Atlanta wants George Hill. <laughs> uh, even though they got Dennis Schroeder, I don't know. It's going to be interesting. Uh, I, I don't think they trade back in though. I think I think Sacramento. Um, I think, well, maybe they will. I, I think yeah. if Sacramento gets in, it's, they're going to get a pick for this year, and they're going to okay. try to add as much youth as possible and then just see what they have on that. Just, just try to win yeah. next but year. at least with this team, there's a clear-cut perfect fit for them. It's Michael Porter because he's the best small forward on, on the at least uh, board right now, in my opinion. At yeah. least, you know, barring injuries, you could say Luka is, um, but no, Luka is more of, a, more of a, a wing rather than a small forward. You know what I'm yeah. saying? Where Porter is more of a forward, Luke is more of a wing. So sure. I think the the wing fit, Michael Porter is the best one. But you can even go with Mikael Bridges. He's going to bring some, some defenses. You can even go with Michael, uh, no, Michael Bridges, just, Miles Bridges yep. from, from Michigan State. Yeah, I just feel like the, the first two guys have that uh, star potential and then the, the other two don't. That, that's the problem. Like well, the Bridges, both of them are good. I respect both. But I don't think that either one of them is nearly the top end as uh, Porter or Luca. I agree. But I, I also agree with Jake, who uh, came on and said Mikhail Bridges is very impressive. And yeah. I, I think he, he might have that star potential. But that's going to wrap up this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching on YouTube. We appreciate it so much. Again, rate us five stars on iTunes. We appreciate and love that support. If you're watching us on YouTube, hit that sub button if you haven't. We're trying to get to 10K uh, by the end of February. We appreciate all your help. Check out mostvaluepodcast.com. Also, check out patreon.com. You could be like Jake and join us on a podcast with us, the Primetime Podcast, Rick and Johnny Podcast, the On Psychic, or the Fast Break Podcast with us three goofballs. Um, you could join us here and also check out uh, the description as well for a t shirt. Feel us on Blog Talk again. Uh, huge shout out to you. You guys rock. You guys uh, help us uh, more than you know. So we appreciate you. But for Dave Oster, Ricky Weber, I'm Sean Anderson. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.